0: Happened last night. You find out the morning after.
1: Let's do this thing. All right, ready or not, here we come. Let's roll. The morning after has begun. I am Aretsi. We're in Midtown Manhattan, Studio 34. It's Football Friday, week two of the National Football League. We're breaking it down. Week three, college football. We're breaking it down. Uh, Pennant chases, we're breaking it down. AFL football playoffs, we're breaking it down. Crap-ass officiating, we're breaking it down. Bad camera angles and everything else in between. So uh, let's get down to business. Uh, The Tampa Bay Buccaneers beat uh, the Carolina Panthers uh, last night. And, you know, good news, bad news. Uh, Good news is we gave you uh, the the Tampa Bay Buccaneers uh, plus the points. Good news is uh, both me and Joe both gave you uh, first half under in the football game. Um, Bad news is um, we pushed it and we lost our in-game over as I thought the game would open up. And it sort of kind of did, but the Carolina Panthers problem over the years really has been in the red zone. And how many times last night did you see Joe – the Panthers would start a drive with, like, a 38-yard completion, and they'd suddenly find themselves inside the 20, inside the 15, and then suddenly they hit the wall. As somebody that's bet on a lot of Carolina Panther football over the years, that was actually a part of my handicap, that the Panthers cannot freaking score when they get inside the 15-yard line. And I swear to God, we must have seen it, like, five times last night, Joe
2: three of 14 on third down 0 for 3 on fourth and short for some reason well I know why but Cam Newton is not an option anymore they're not using him like they've used him over the last seven years which I think is healthier for him but unfortunately they don't have another option because you can't go three of 14 and 0 and 3 on fourth and expect to score points it's just not going to happen
1: Cam Newton is about as accurate throwing the football as I am uh, making picks it's hit or miss right? (laughs) and for some reason They make him throw very low percentage passes all the time. It's like, well, we know he's inaccurate, so let's have him throw a 42-yard bullet
2: here. On a needle, right?
1: (laughs) Yeah, and, you know, well, you know what? It's 30-10. Let's let's go deep. The play calling is atrocious for the Carolina
3: Panthers.
4: Message and data rates may apply.
3: Hi, I'm Frank Thomas, the Big Herd. After I left baseball...
6: That's money now the number 100.com.
7: 888- Four hundred zero four three five eight 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 four hundred zero four three five Andro four
1: hundred dot com All right, the morning after uh, has that uh, begun? I am a Red Sea, Midtown Manhattan. Let's do this thing. It's a uh, football Friday, uh, which means uh, we're talking football, football, football. Although the NBA uh, regular season is around the corner, a little more than a month away until uh, the start uh, of the National Basketball Association. And uh, we're really getting into uh, full swing uh, right now in what uh, I believe um, that – is the best, the best uh, time of the year to be a sports uh, fan and a a sports better. And you have the National Hockey League around the corner, which uh, starts uh, before the NBA, actually. Um, So NHL is rapidly approaching. But to me, like the end of September, when you have that, it's uh, it's like a potpourri. It's like a smorgasbord, a buffet. A buffet. A little bit of something for everybody. Um, you know, you've got uh, NBA, Major League Baseball, NHL, NFL, college football. Like, you literally will have, you know, 50 options uh, to bet on on a nightly basis for a couple of weeks. And uh, doesn't get any better uh, than that, man. When, you know, you're stressing out an NFL game, there's a baseball playoff game going on, you got NBA playoffs. Um NBA playoffs, good time of the year. March Madness, good time of the year. People like that first Saturday in May often, but, you know, to me, you can't beat uh, the end of uh, September. All right, uh, so um, Drew Dinkmeyer is going to join us. We're going to talk some DFS uh, with Drew Dinkmeyer. And the Daily Roto crew uh, have already won $203,000 on the year. (laughs) Drew Dinkmeyer won $100,000 in week one, and I look forward to getting Dinkmeyer on, not only so we can pick his brain, but I bet you, like Dinkmeyer, is actually not that happy about the 100K. Like to us, it's like, oh, he won 100K. Yeah, and don't forget, you know, Drew plays this significant, uh, significantly and daily. All right, he's daily fantasy. Well, he, you know, literally and figuratively, daily fantasy. So he put money in, you know, I'm sure, you know, for us, it's like winning $1,000 betting or something. It's like, yeah, but we could have won more if this happened and that happened. So, Gabe, I actually talked to Drew about this earlier in the week. Yeah. And he was not pissed. But he, not ecstatic, right? It wasn't ecstatic, and the reason he told
9: me was because it was all he said it was all luck. I go, sure, it's not luck. You work on this. It's skill. He goes, no, I put in my 150 lineups on Sunday, on Saturday night, 150 lineups on
1: both DraftKings and FanDuel, and then I put in like five of these other lineups. And then Sunday morning, he re-ran projections because he's a math guy, and he did the 150 lineups on both DraftKings and FanDuel,
9: or whatever, and he forgot to change and update the five lineups. The <laughs> ones he forgot to update were the ones that won a hundred thousand dollars. So he's like, so I it was
1: by mistake. mistake.
9: Correct. Totally by a mistake. So he was mad at himself because I shouldn't have won that. Now the other side of that is, you should have entered that in more contests. And you would have won more money. Of but, course. But he's like, I made a mistake
0: and I got lucky.
1: That's yeah, no, did. no, no. But it shows that this guy is so good. Even when he screws up at DFS, he makes a hundred thousand dollars. Correct. Yeah, yeah. Like that's see, that's what I'm saying. And I know Dink Meyer, Greg. I knew everyone. Oh, he won a hundred K. I bet you he's thinking. Big deal, right? Like he's probably thinking, I don't, you know, I don't celebrate hundred thousand dollar wins, and you know, it's hey, listen, it's a nice win, a hundred thousand dollars, but it's not the hundred and three thousand. Think Meyer, you're out. Colin Drew, you're in. <laughs> Colin Drew stepped up last night, uh, another one of the um, the brain trust um, um, of of daily roto, and he won a hundred and three thousand dollars. Uh, last night on the single-game showdown uh, slate. So we're one week and one game in, guys. That's $203,000 won uh, by the Daily Roto crew, and they're using the same tools, as you just heard Greg state. They're running the same optimizers, the same algorithms that you have access to. Now, it's not as simple as just, you know, pushing the button, run optimizer. You've got to feed information into it, but the combination, and that's what makes these guys, and we can talk about this through the program a little bit, because I know a lot of people sort of just say, Joe, oh, well, Big Meyer has a computer optimizer, or these guys have computer programs, and And people say that, like, somehow they have some secret disk. They have some secret hard drive that nobody else has that somehow was given to them when people don't realize the people, when you hear about this and their spreadsheets and their algorithms, they programmed these spreadsheets and algorithms. Mm. I don't even know how to spell algorithm. Mm-hmm. How the hell am I going to program one, Joe?
2: Yeah. No, no. Yeah, it's very it's very secret. It's called DailyRoto.com DFS Lineup Optimizer. I know it's so secretive, guys, that we tell you every hour on the hour how to go ahead and gain access to it. That's how secretive it is on what they're using. It's not that hard to figure out. They just do the work while you sit there and make excuses. That's the problem.
1: And um, the thing is, too. You run the optimizer. The optimizer puts you. It puts you in the. Um, it puts you in the ballroom, so to speak. All right. Right. You know, it doesn't mean you're going home with Cinderella at the end of the night. <laughs> but you
7: got to be there. It
1: gets you in the party. <laughs> right. Right. Like if you're not like using it and stuff, you're not even getting. You're not going to get there. You're going to fall short. Do, 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 do you know what I mean? You're going to yeah. fall short. I, I noticed this, especially with like the NBA. Like, you can blindly play the NBA optimizer and win money. And you can blindly play the optimizer. Guys, like, I'm dead serious. You take this NFL optimizer, even if you don't know how to program it, you just do it a basic, let them do it, and, you know, spit out what the computer does. You'll beat the common guy. You go head-to-head, you'll win more than you lose. I do it in the NBA. I'll customize my – I know how to customize it a bit, but I literally need – I need, like, a full school session with this stuff. I don't need a video tutorial. I'm not smart to pick it up. And, in fact, guys, and Greg and uh, the powers that be that are tuning in, I think it's a great idea, actually, uh, to have a daily roto workshop, so to speak, as opposed to just sort of, well, you know what, P- you know, put in, if you like this guy, add in more. Like, really, like a couple of hours to sit down and really understand how to use these tools. Like I go to listen, I know how to use it more than others. I see some people and and I'm like, you know, try this. Try putting in you know stack two wide receivers and a tight end on the same team, and you know you know you can feed it and tell it what to do. Yet the smarter you are, the smarter the computer will be. As hmm. smart as computers are, guys in this world, who is programming the computers? this is something that um, it's funny when I heard the debate. Or some people laughing at racist computers and and basically biased algorithms, Joe. And I hear people say, well, how can an algorithm be racially biased? Well, who programmed the algorithm? A human who is racially biased, right? Like computers aren't making these programs by themselves, people. Like, I don't care, like, from air defense to uh, to Siri spying on you to, like, Siri, you know, your iPad isn't spying on you. Somebody at Apple is spying on you. It's not the machine that is spying on us. Mm. You know, the cameras that follow us everywhere on the street, they were placed there by a human, right? They are turned on and reviewed by a human. So, like, people in this, well, it's a computer. Yeah, computers have been programmed by people. <laughs> and, no, you know, never more so is that the case. But what you got to do, guys, with this optimizer stuff is you play the optimizer, and then this is where your own instinct comes in, man. You've got to say, man, I love this optimizer, but you know what? I like Deshaun Jackson, man, better than Mike Evans this week. I'm just going to take him out. It's always that, you know, I went with the Optimizer, but I put these two guys in instead. It's all—it's just that, you know, the goalpost is always moving. And you don't have to win 100 k every week, guys. You can make money with this stuff. And this isn't like a, a plug. We're just telling you, if you want to make money playing DFS, use the Optimizer.
10: It has been said that everyone has a book in them.
2: All right, so it's time to put your money where your mouth is. And please go ahead, take a shot, open your sports wagering account, join the rest of us. You'll love it with FanDuel, Jersey's largest sports book. If you head over to FanDuel.com forward slash grid, you will get a free bet of up to 500 bucks. That's right. It's a free bet, 500 bucks. Just open the account. It's a sports wagering account at FanDuel.com forward slash grid. And doesn't make a difference. Points, spreads, game totals, props, parlays, in-game wagering, whether it's college or pro sports. You're in control. It's FanDuel.com forward slash grid. Open the new account. Get your free wager of up to 500 bucks today. And if you have a gambling problem, call 1-800-GAMBLER. 21 and over New Jersey only. Eligibility restrictions apply. Check out the website for details.
1: Uh, Thank you very much, uh, Joe Ranieri. All right. uh, So I'm just running an optimizer uh, right now. I'm putting it uh, together. So uh, basically um, under stocking. Now, you don't always have to stack. You look, Dinkmeyer won. He had Deshaun Jackson and Sammy Watkins, not in the same game, right? The happened had two wide receivers that both went off. Uh, but stacking is generally the way you're going to win. And you heard Greg say Dinkmeyer won by mistake, actually, uh, with this lineup. <laughs> All right? So, um, stacking is basically where you're going to want to go. And a lot of people will tell you, well, no, you don't want to have more than three players in one game. Guys, it's almost, you know, easier to have, like, five guys in one game fall ass backwards into some game where they put up 74 points than it is to randomly pluck this guy, that guy, this guy from that game, and this guy. Most of the time, most of the time when people win big money in DFS, it's a stack. It's just, man they were on the game you know they were on the game it went to double overtime in the NBA went to triple overtime and this guy put up 90 points and uh, fantasy points etc it's that stack it's very hard to just individually you know, you know pluck each each you know each player from each game all right uh, so we'll run this optimizer we'll have some fun uh, with this on football uh, Friday i believe we have Mick Aussie Uh, right now who definitely cannot spell the word uh, word optimizer or algorithm. Although, I think I can, actually. I was going to say I can't spell algorithm, but I think I can. Are you a good speller, Mick?
9: Hey, I did uh, matriculation, maths one and two, physics, chem, and geography, but I did English in a year 11 because I hated reading novels, mate, so I didn't do English, but I can spell, I can spell, I can spell, yep. What, what, all right, so spell algorithm. Um, as a guess, algorithm. Good. A-L-O-R-I-G-I-M.
1: I had a hard time understanding, understanding you. C-H-I-M. You said it, you said it too fast. I like, you got to love Joe. Mick just dropped. <laughs> I'm studying Shakespeare, chemistry, physicists. <laughs> like, and all kidding aside, Mick, like, You do have like an engineering degree or something like that, don't you?
9: I have a diploma in mechanical engineering, and I started designing on AutoCAD when computers first came out, mate. So I made a lot of money. I was making more money on the computer than the guys on the big drawing boards back in the day. So, yeah, did well, mate, did well. But screwed up my eyes, mate. I ate 10 hours a day on the computer. My eyes went all crazy and headaches and stuff. So that's why I don't do it anymore.
1: Yeah, now you're sitting in a room with a uh, with a snowboard and a cardboard cutout of Kawhi Leonard.
9: <laughs> yes, and uh, what happened uh, to your new, life, Mick? <laughs> and a new a new cup. I have a, a Denver Donkey. Oh yeah, yeah.
1: Oh, let's see. Yeah. Oh wow, you replaced yeah. it, huh? Yeah, I
9: agree oh. so Denver. Denver Donkeys and the biggest. Did you donkey... lose a
1: bet? Did you lose a bet or something? Like, well, what's what's up with this? Because normally, when people call your Denver Broncos the Denver Donkeys, you get upset, but you're, you're accepting and admitting that they're donkeys.
9: Well, they were Monday night, mate. We were terrible. And the biggest donkey was uh, De- Deshaun uh, Hamilton. Like, you kidding me? Mate, you meant to catch the football. I mean, I know you went to Penn State and you were scared to drop the soap in the shower. But come on, mate. You've got to catch the football. So, yes, we were donkeys. We were terrible. But I think we'll be better back at home this week against the Bears. So, don't get too upset, Broncos fans. I think we can win at home. Well, we better. We better because we were terrible, mate.
1: Man, the props just put it over the top, Joe. I got to say, like, you don't disappoint, Mick so you've got a denver like well let me hold them hold the mug up show that mug off a bit more like so what you got you got a custom made like all right there's your bronco mug yep
9: beautiful and that's coming back next week because we're gonna win and yes i had to uh i had to admit we were donkeys mate so I went to the library printed out some color stuff oh i got some other there's some other funny stuff online too a bit crude though about the donkeys eh.
1: Did you take creative arts, uh, paper mache in uh, in college uh, as well? Because <laughs> that's that's pretty that's pretty impressive. That's pretty oh, impressive.
9: My, well, Kawhi well, Len. It was creative.
1: <laughs> what are you What are you gonna do? What are you gonna do if the Chicago Bears win? Like, yeah, we should come up with something like each week. Like, you should get like have to put like a big bear on the wall, Mick. Get a big like cardboard cutout of a bear, or I don't know. How about you have to get a bear tattoo? Chicago Bears logo.
9: That was a bit crude what I found online too, eh? That was donkeys getting, oh, mate. And there we go. There's another one I found online too. So, yeah, the Raiders did. (laughs) Good boy.
1: (laughs) Hold that one up. That's a good one. Good boy.
9: (laughs) Yeah, Raiders.
1: For those of you on the radio only, it's a dog in a Raider uh, jersey taking a dump on a Bronco logo. This is a good boy. And, uh yeah, yeah, that, that one, yeah, yeah, we, we can't, yeah. The, was yeah, that you
2: last night, Mick? What was that? Yeah, yeah, yeah.
1: That- <laughs> um, I told you, Joe, the props are what puts this over the top. Very the impressive. Alone. Denver donkey Mug The hat mug.
2: alone is worth it, man. The hat alone is worth
1: it. I'm telling you right now, though, Mick, the Chicago Bears are going to beat the Denver Broncos on Sunday.
2: Oh, okay, are you taking the I'm- shoe off? Are you taking the shoe off? <laughs> <laughs> um...
1: Yeah, I'm loosening. Uh, I'll Go loosen. I'm wrist. loosening the laces. <laughs> That's it. I'm loosening the laces. No. Ah, you know, oh. this is not a shoe in. This is like a. Uh, it's a sandal or a crock. All right. All right. A crock-in. Uh, those quacks or crocs. Whatever they call them. Those. The prison shoes. The crocs. You got it, man. You know, I mean, crock, croc. Mick to Mick a Croc is a chick. Yeah. <laughs> No, no, I can't. I can't make it a shoe in. Oh. But I think I tell you that first half under will hit, and first one yeah. to six probably wins this game. Except Denver's <laughs> defense. Denver's defense didn't look good actually uh, against uh, against the Raiders. That's an Hell. ugly game. But yeah, I'm leaning. I'm leaning uh, with the Chicago Bears in that football game. But uh, what, what's your prediction, Joe?
2: Yeah, I'm the same thing. I'm all total in that game all day long. Although, I, Denver, I think, I think I had seen uh, our buddy Ralph Michaels had posted something about Denver in the first two weeks covering at home. It's a, an obnoxious number. It's like they almost never not cover yeah, in the yeah, first couple yeah, of I weeks know, in Denver. But that total to me is where it's neither of these teams are going to score at all.
1: You're right. Denver. Denver are good in home openers in the first couple of weeks at home. Yeah. It is true. But, you know, we're hanging our hat on that. So... Uh, my West Coast Eagles, Mick. Ooh. The defense uh the defense will not happen. It's done. Um it's done. Richmond uh will play uh the Geelong Cats uh, now. Uh but uh this evening we've got Brisbane and Great Western Sydney. Brisbane minus eight and a half, Mick. Uh, who you got?
9: Yeah, I do like the Lions, the Brisbane Lions to win only because it's at home in the Gabba up there in Brisbane. Their home record has been fantastic this year. Yeah, yeah, they got beaten by the Tigers up there last last week, but the Tigers are maybe going to win the premiership, I hope not. The Giants came out and smashed the Western Bulldogs, which was a huge shock. They really harassed the players. Toby Green got his eyes in the face of Bontempelli. He's lucky to play. And you asked me last week who's the bad boy of AFL, and off the top of my head, I couldn't really think. But it's got to be Toby Green. He's a great player, but he's an agitator. He's dirty, mate. He's a dirty little bugger, he is, but he's a good player. So if they harass the Lions who are younger, I think there are a chance. It should be close. I like the Lions to win and cover. Sorry, the Lions to win. But if you want to have a bit of a roughie as well, take the Giants on the plus eight point five. But the boys back home like the over. The over 167.5 could be a higher scoring game.
1: Uh I'm gonna I'm gonna ride the home team. I'll lay the money line minus one fifty nine uh in this uh in this matchup with the Brisbane uh, Lions. All right, uh, Mick, so we got about a minute and a half or so. What's uh, Mick Aussie's uh, best bets of the week in the NFL? All
9: right, well, last week you is me on my three bets, and they all got home. Luckily, though, the Saints got that field goal. The Seahawks were in trouble. Whoa, 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 the, whoa, whoa, whoa. the
1: Saints did not cover the points, Brett. <laughs> no,
9: no, I gave you three multis for the money line, and they all won. They won, and they all made money. <sighs> yeah, we'll so have to check the tape and, on uh, this. Yes, yes, you are. Eagles, Seahawks, Saints to win multi. Eagles, Seahawks, Hold on, Saints. hold on, man. Jeez, you talk
1: faster it. than Cam Stewart now. Like, <laughs> Eagles, Eagles, what'd you say? Like, how do you catch that, Joe? You you're speaking Mick Aussie. People barely understand you, Mick, as it is. Uh-oh. You got to slow right. down. So he All said right. the Forget Eagles, that. the Saints, and who? And
9: the- That was last week. Okay, well, then what about this week? This week. This week. This week is tough, boys. And, Gabe, I'm a bit worried about you because I think there are many, many very tough games that could go either way on the money line, let alone the spread. So I'd like on a multi-money, multi-money line parlay, Ravens-Texans-Cowboys plays minus 107. Add the Chiefs in there, you get plus 152. Add the Steelers in there, you get plus two eight eight. So they're money line parlays, and all three of mine won last week. So what and were the first week?
1: three teams you just said? I don't think Joe understood either. What was I'm, that?
2: I'm trying to write them down. You said Ravens, right? Ravens, Texans, Cowboys.
1: All right, Cowboys, Ravens, Cowboys, and Texans. All right, Texans. that's enough. That's enough.
2: All right, so confusing then, yeah, us the Chiefs, now. Chiefs, Steelers,
1: Ravens, Cowboys, and, Texans, on the money line. Minus
9: 105. Ulti. Fourth team at the Chiefs. Fifth team at the Steelers. It's a tough week, Gabe, so you be careful and don't do anything really crazy like it or
0: What's your story? Go to GameFaceGrooming.com for all your
12: athletic facial wipes and
0: body cleansing needs.
1: All right, Morning After continues. Thanks to Mick Ossie for joining us. you got to love any show that goes from uh, Mick Ossie to an Ivy Leaguer. Although we just heard uh, Mick, mechanical engineering, uh, physics, um, and I don't know, I, uh, Mick's, like, uh, Mick's like a real scholar, uh, basically. And the crazy thing is, he actually is. Like, Mick actually is uh, a very smart uh, guy that does have a degree in mechanical engineering, but he can't apply it, and he didn't spell algorithm correctly, but he can't uh, apply it uh, to DFS like Mr. Drew Dinkmeyer can. $100,000 winner uh, last week. Uh, we told you Colin Drew nailed $103,000. So it's a great start for the Daily Roto uh, crew. You've got, you know, we, we told you we're going to run the optimizer on the air here where you guys will have some fun uh, with this. But let's bring in Mr. Drew Dinkmeyer to uh, help us win some money in week two. Drew, it's always a pleasure. How are you doing this morning, Drew?
14: I'm doing great, Gabe. How are
1: you? Good stuff. Congratulations on the win. But I know you, Drew, and and also I know myself as somebody very competitive, and you know the better inside of me, and you know the gamer inside of me. When I heard you won 100K, I was like, yeah, that's great. But I bet you he's he was frustrated somehow, and I bet you you have a lot of bad beat stories, and you could tell people how the day could have been a lot better, but <laughs> people don't want to hear that. But am I am I right in it's nice to win 100k but that's not the prize you're looking for right
14: Well you know look I'll take that any any week I actually I would say that I was extremely fortunate in week 1 I wasn't on the right stuff for the most part in week 1 I just had one lineup they really funneled up. Um, I, you know, I won 100K in that one tournament, but I only won like 85K for the week. I was I was going to be down 15 to 20K uh, if that one lineup didn't kind of come through. So it was a weird feeling because it felt like I got most of the stuff wrong on the week and I kind of just got, I just kind of ran good. Um, so no bad stories for me for uh, for week one. I'm sure there will be some during the course of the season. There always are. Uh, but it's always nice to get off to the right foot and uh, and run a little bit hot to start the year.
1: Hey, listen, Drew. There's a saying in hockey that uh, the goalpost is the goalie's best friend, right? <laughs> and, and good to be lucky, lucky to be good. And uh, that's a little bit of A and a little bit of B. And you see that in sports with championship teams. You know, luck is going to come into play here uh, with this. All right, so let's get let's uh, get down to business right now. I was saying, to it, I think it's a great idea, actually, but, you know, you guys uh, are in charge uh, of Daily Roto, is a Daily Roto workshop. Like, the video tutorials are good, but, man, I'd love to, like, sit, you know, in, like, a class, basically, for a couple of hours, really to learn how to utilize some of the, uh, the tools of the optimizer. But I was just talking to people here and telling guys about the, you know, the stack, about, you know, wide receiver, running back, Uh, You know, wide receiver on the other team, per se. And I was doing it earlier in the week, and it was coming up with Tom Brady. Uh, You know, Josh Gordon, Tom Brady, you know, come back with an Albert Wilson, um, you know, surprise people, uh, lowly owned Al Wilson on, on the Dolphins. I just ran one right now, and it came up Kansas City and the Raiders. But one common theme I've noticed from my DFS research this week is Josh Jacobs looks like a pretty strong play. Uh, to a lot of people
14: yeah this is going to be interesting because basically what happens with these dfs sites is a lot of times they release the pricing on sunday night or monday during the day for the week ahead and so as a result the players that play on monday night they have their pricing kind of locked in before the sites have had a look at them in turn and especially week one that can result in some incredible bargains interesting case Mm -hmm. that's certainly the case with the oakland raiders so you've got Tyrell Williams, uh, uh, like priced below 5,000, uh, Josh Jacobs priced below 5,000, Darren Waller in the 3,000s. And all those guys looked like the focal point of a Raiders offense that was very condensed in week one against, a, a, on paper, a pretty good Broncos defense that we thought was going to be very strong with uh, with Bradley Chubb and, and all the big pass rush there, Von Miller. So it was... It's a situation now where you've got them now facing Kansas City at home, a team that inflates plays because they score so frequently, a team that inflates pass percentage historically. We saw that in week one where the Jaguars were slinging it all over the field. And so you do have some values here. Uh, And then the KC offense gets a little bit condensed because of the Tyreek Hill injury, uh, which opens up more time for Mecole Hardman. Uh, There's been some reports about DeAnthony Thomas uh, possibly being in the mix as well, Demarcus Robinson, and of course Sammy Watkins coming off that huge week one. So it is a game that that figures to have a little bit more value in it than you normally would from these price tags, either due to circumstances of when the pricing was released or due to injuries in the case of Kansas City.
2: Drew, you know, I'm wondering if, because I'm – seeing some people here that are actually members and i think it's important it's not the end all be all the optimizer is like a trend right i mean it's nice information but you're not going to make a bet solely on a trend and and i think what people are asking here is that the optimizer is just really the start isn't it and where do you go how do you start tweaking it from there
14: yeah, so the thing you have to understand about an optimizer is it's just a tool in, in, your, in your tool belt to help you make lineups quicker. And ultimately what the optimizer is doing is it's taking two different features. The first feature it's taking is our projections, um, which, you know, our projections are, are great, but they're not perfect, certainly. So there might be some opportunities where you might see things that you have different opinions on than our projections. We do allow our projections to be customizable so you can make changes and edits if you'd like. And then the other part that it's looking at is it's taking basically... The, the format or the setting for how you'd like to create lineups and you're in control of that. So if you're make if you, you know, sign on to dailyroto.com and you just hit the run optimizer button and you haven't put any groups in, you haven't kind of put any stacking rules in or anything like that and you throw that lineup into a tournament, you're likely throwing in a bad lineup into a tournament, not because our projections are bad, but because the lineup hasn't emphasized correlation in any sub- substantial way that can help it elevate itself. Um, you know, up the the leaderboard. So what we like to talk about a lot through the course of the week in our our premium content and in our Slack chat where our subscribers hang out as well is ways we think about using the optimizer and kind of creating those formats and those tools and those settings that can help you create types of lineups that are more likely to be successful in those contests. So Gabe was talking about some of the stacking features. We we talk about some of the groups and rules uh, that we go over and it's all built with the idea of this is a tool that can help you make lineups quickly uh, with our projections and your thoughts on the slate in terms of how you want to you know, build teams, whether they want to be stacked, whether they want to be game stacks in total, whether they want to uh, focus on low ownership plays. All those different rules are things that you're creating when you're putting into the optimizer. And so it does require a decent bit of work from the user in terms of being able to put their opinion on the slate, which I think is really important. That's how you differentiate yourself from all of our other subscribers and also from all the people that you're competing against.
1: Uh, who's a player, Drew? that uh, let you down in week one that you're expecting a bounce back uh, from uh, this week that you're like, you know what? I'm going to go back uh, here uh, to this player, even though it wasn't a disappointment in week one.
14: Yeah. The one that stands out uh, most substantially to me is Nick Chubb. He's not on the main slate, um, but that that game against the Jets will be a situation where I'll be firing at Nick Chubb again. Just the game got kind of out of hand. He had only uh, two carries that were to the running backs that weren't, to him, and one was happened to be on the goal line that Dontrell Hillier had gotten the end zone. Um, he was involved in the passing game, so I feel pretty good about Nick Chubb. Uh, had a lot of Nick Chubb in week one. That was one of the things that really hampered most of my lineups. And then I'd say uh, on the main slate, I'd say Brandon Cooks is a guy I'm pretty yeah. interested in going yeah. back to. Uh, really good game environment going up against his former team in New Orleans. We saw that game shoot out last year. Um, it's a situation where the targets weren't really there. It was a lot of Cooper Cup, a lot of Robert Woods, but as we've seen throughout course of Sean McVay's history. In general, they run a pretty condensed offense and the opportunities are, you know, condensed between the three wide receivers Uh, and then the running back position. I don't think we'll see Tyler Higbee uh, scoring touchdowns uh, with the same level of frequency. So I think it's a good opportunity for Brandon Cooks at low ownership, kind of like the Sammy Watkins that Sean Jackson plays that paid off big time in week one. Those guys who can stretch the field, make hay in one big play, uh, that come with low ownership, I think this week that'll be Brandon Cooks.
1: Should we avoid Minnesota Viking-wide uh, receivers? And it's almost like, you know, it's a concern. I mean, you know, I like yeah. Thielen a lot. I like Diggs a lot. They can't protect Kirk Cousins. And and Zimmer was upset last year that they threw the ball too much. He was adamant that we will run the ball more. Uh, or Otherwise, you know, you won't be here uh, to the coordinators. And we saw that last week, um, you know, with the limited... I mean, it's like watching an Army-Navy game. Uh, mm. I mean, I don't think that's going to be a common theme here, but, you know, it's it's almost just to stay away. And you know who did me in last week? And I don't know, maybe you can tell me the situation here. Chargers. Uh, how do you approach the Chargers here? And Mike Williams was someone that I thought could really break out. I thought he was going to be one of Phillip's uh, more, uh, you know, uh, popular and favorite targets didn't work out that uh, way in week one. Now he's banged up. Uh, how do we approach the Chargers this week?
14: Yeah, so I'll, I'll start with the Chargers and then I'll circle back to the Vikings. Uh, the Charger, Mike Williams just got hurt early in that game and then missed a lot of playing time. So it was kind of a, a bad, uh, you know, a bad uh, luck situation there. In terms of looking at the Chargers going forward, obviously the loss of Hunter Henry and now Mike Williams seemingly maybe more on the side of doubtful this week. Opens up a lot of value and a lot of opportunity because you're going to have a lot of sets with Dontrell Inman and Travis Benjamin on the field, and those guys are priced, you know, right around the minimum. Um, the game environment isn't as good as last week, I think. Detroit, you know, both teams coming off of an overtime game, which one is one thing. Um, early in the season, a little bit of extra reps, uh, you know, on the body, and then two, Detroit is a team that I think would like to play slower in general. They got sped up a little bit by Arizona's pace, but I think they'd like to be a slower-paced team. I think the big thing for the Chargers to understand is with Hunter Henry vacating kind of that intermediary route, you've got a lot of opportunities now for Austin Eckler, who is just dominant in that week one performance. I think Melvin Gordon's got to be thinking uh, long and hard about how long he's going to go on with this holdout. Cause I, I don't think he's going to get better money than what he's been offered right now. And Austin Eckler is kind of proving that, you know, that system is very, very favorable to running backs. So I think you keep pounding Austin Eckler until he's priced like a top tier running back. And I think you take advantage of some of the values, on both uh, Travis Benjamin and Dontrell Inman. I think Keenan Allen's probably a little bit underpriced just because there's the the opportunity now to see like a 30% target share. And then going to the Viking side of things, you know, obviously the concerns about them playing slower and running the ball more frequently came to light in week one where they really played from ahead. I think in terms of, you know, whether you avoid them going forward, you always got to think about the two prices that you're asked to pay in DFS. The first is the one that the sites ask, and it's the price tag that they offer next to the player. The second one is the price the field is offering in terms of the ownership. And when both prices are low, I think you want to be ready to go back to those Vikings options, but certainly the price tags that they are coming into this season with off of last season, where there was an inflated pass rate are probably a little bit elevated.
1: I think this is lower scoring game too. And the odds makers agreed you're only 44 points feels like it's going to be an old fashioned NFC, um, NFC North smash mouth game. Uh, What, what, what did your projections say as far as the tempo of that game?
14: Yeah, we, we have that game being a little bit more uh, run-oriented as well. Green Bay showed some of those tendencies, too, in, in Week 1, obviously playing from ahead and kind of leaning on their defense. So, yeah, that's, that's probably not a game that I'll be focused on. Uh, I will say it's probably a game that will come with low ownership, uh, but I just don't see a lot of routes to really big upside there, so it's a game that I probably won't have a ton of exposure to.
1: My boy Josh Allen going to run wild on the New York Giants?
14: Yeah. You, you haven't had to travel far to watch your No, I haven't. (laughs) Yeah. We, we do uh, uh, some great things from the bills offense, from a fantasy perspective in week one, you know, the last few years the bills offense has been very difficult to diagnose because they've really spread snaps among a bunch of different players, very concentrated offense in week one, John Brown had 28% of targets, Cole Beasley, 25%. Devin Singletary uh, do not be misled by that box score. He was really on the field a lot more than Frank Gore. Frank Gore got all those rushes when they were trying to kind of uh, grind away the clock late. Um, any game that you think the Buffalo has a chance to play from behind this year, Devin Singletary is going to be extremely valuable. They're all really cheap. Every one of those guys is cheap. Josh Allen, Cole Beasley, John Brown, um, Devin Singletary. We like them quite a bit this week. Drew
1: Dinkmeyer, I could talk football with you all day, Drew, and I can't wait to the start of NBA basketball. If you're not using Daily Roto Optimizer, you're doing it wrong. DailyRoto.com. Thanks, Drew.
14: Thanks so much, Gabe. Enjoy the weekend.
1: Congratulations to Drew and to Colin. Uh, Drew, hopefully one of you tuning in will be the next hundred thousand dollar
12: winner. Morning after continues.
11: Not too long ago, it felt good to withdraw your cash from the bank, didn't it? For a vacation or a new car, but today So please, get and read The Secret War. Pick up your phone and call right now. 800-932-5517.
10: 800-932-5517. 800-932-5517. Once again, that's 800-932-5517.
4: Do you owe $10,000 or more on at least two federal student loans? then you may qualify for new programs offered by the Department of Education. These programs can reduce your interest, lower your payments, and possibly qualify you for loan forgiveness. If you have $10,000 or more and at least two federal student loans and currently not in school, you may qualify for one of these programs.
1: All right, the morning after continues. Uh, Last night, uh, the Tampa Bay uh, Buccaneers beat the Carolina Panthers. And we told uh, you a lot coming into the National uh, Football League uh, regular season as we take you to Gambling U, um, that over the last uh, five years or so, this has been a trend. And, you know, trends change in the gambling world, okay? What used to work 10 years ago might not work now. Look at baseball. Baseball is a completely different sport right now. All right? There's no hits. Every hit is a home run. So trends will change. It used to be you could blindly take double-digit underdogs. Like this week, you know, blindly just take the double-digit underdog, and you'd win about 65% of the time. Now, most of the time, the double-digit underdogs actually get smoked. And they're double-digit underdogs uh, for a reason. But the one common theme that we've seen over the in, in the modern NFL has been the point spreads do not matter. The point spreads do not matter. And it's so difficult. It's like quitting a uh, heroin or smoking or something. Like it's so hard to like wean yourself off of point spreads. Last night the Tampa Bay Buccaneers were getting seven points. You didn't need the points. They won the game outright. Um, the, uh, the Raiders on Monday Night Football were getting points. Doesn't matter. They won the game outright. Uh, Green Bay Packers were getting points against the Chicago Bears. Didn't matter. They won the game outright. The Tennessee Titans were getting points against the Cleveland Browns. They won the game outright. Off the top of my head, I think like one game last week in which a team didn't win but covered, I think the Colts covered by like half a point if you got six and a half, depending on when you bet it. 82% of the time, the point spread is irrelevant. If you take an underdog, they're either going to get smoked and you're not going to cover, or they're probably going to win the game. And you add up the math, you'll make a hell of a lot more money Hitting these plus-240s and these plus-260s one out of every two, three times. Then you will, Lang, minus-110 all the way through.
0: What the f- happened last night? You find out the morning after. Let's do this thing.
1: Right, morning after continues. Get on the grid. Sports Grid. I'm Rensi, Midtown Manhattan, Jordan area, Miami, Florida. I've had a busy show so far. Mick Gossie, Drew Dinkmeyer, Joe Lisi uh, will join us. Uh, we'll talk some college uh, football uh, as well. So, uh, Sean is correct in that uh, Christian McCaffrey, 16 carries, 37 yards uh, last night. You know, you can argue actually about the way that they used McCaffrey and the times that they used McCaffrey. And this is what the Carolina Panthers do. I mean, really, if you look at the box score, if, you know, if you're going to throw the football 51 times, like why would you throw the football 51 times if you're the Carolina Panthers? Like, look, Jameis Winston and Cam Newton are sort of similar in the sense that they're both very erratic. And they can win, a, you know, Cam can win a football game. Cam Newton's better than Winston, but, Joe, where I'm going with this is Bruce Arians understood. All right, last week he turned the ball all over three times. There were two pick sixes. We have to play responsible football. And how do you play responsible football is by running the football, playing ball control football, by playing smart football. Jameis Winston only threw 25 passes last night, yet he played great football. He was efficient. He was, you know, he handled the football well. He made plays with his feet. He extended plays. He threw the ball 25 times. They won the game. Where I'm going with this, Joe, is Carolina is in a lot of trouble if they're going to throw the ball 51 times a game with Cam Newton.
2: Yeah, and the, and the the timing of the play calling was strange. There were parts in the first half of that game where it was just Christian McCaffrey, Christian McCaffrey, and then they disappear and throw the ball, throw the ball, throw. There was no real rhythm to that game. And I, I can see against that defense, it's important to get Christian McCaffrey in some sort of running rhythm, and they gave it to him all in the first, then he disappeared, then they tried in the end. There was no rhyme or reason as to what they were doing last night. There really wasn't.
1: Yeah, there's no rhyme or reason to uh, why people uh, do or don't do a lot of things in this uh, world show.
2: Yeah.
1: I have to say.
0: Wow.
1: Uh, Morning After continues.
0: Let dailyrodo.com guide you to victory as you swing for the fences playing daily fantasy baseball. Become the eighth Daily Roto lineup optimizer to win one million dollars in a fan duel or DraftKings tournament, or become part of the growing community who have won thousands of dollars. If you're playing MLB DFS and not using DailyRoto.com, you're doing it wrong. Enter promo code FNTSY for a 10% discount. The 2019 MLB Daily Roto Premium Package at DailyRoto.com. Use the promo code FNTSY and get your percent discount today.
5: To get your complimentary bottle, text YOUTH to 321321. That's Y-O-U-T-H to 321321. Join the family at Model Sporting Goods. Visit your nearest Models and sign up for our MVP Rewards
7: Program to receive insider deals all year round. Earn points on every purchase when you use your MVP card to earn Models cash back. It's our way of thanking you for being a loyal customer. Upon signing up, receive 10% off your purchase and 15% off your next purchase. It's that simple. Plus, New MVPs this month are eligible to win a $500 Models gift card. When you got to play more and pay less, you've got to go to Listen Mo's. to what Chris said about Andro 400.
8: I've lost almost 40 pounds in 10 weeks. My son was getting married, and when I went for the suit fitting, I was a size 48. And when I went back to do the final fitting, I was a 44. I have more energy, that's for sure. I probably lost four inches around my belly. I'm 57, and I'm back when I was in my 30s.
7: Call 888-400-435. 888-400-435. Andro400.com.
1: All right, the morning after continues. I am Mrazzi in Midtown uh, Manhattan Studio 34, Joran area, Miami, Florida. The Tampa Bay Buccaneers, victorious. Great win for the Bucs uh, last night. Um, You know, in a tough, difficult uh, environment to go on the road in a short week and win outright. But it's amazing. We tell you these trends. We tell you, you know, we give you a hell of a lot of good information on these shows and winners uh, as well. Um, Yesterday, we stressed on countless occasions that now it's uh, five in a row. Um, the last uh, five Thursday uh, week two football games, the underdog has won the game outright. And what happened last Thursday night fall in week one? The underdog won the game outright. This goes back to what I was talking about, about having the balls to take money lines. And, you know, sometimes I'm a one nutter myself and I don't. Um, I'd like to, Um, you know, but, Stay true. I want want to add up the math from week one, actually. uh, But I'll have to do it myself after the show ends. And, um, you know, maybe by game time decisions, I can get the exact uh, numbers uh, for you. As far as, all right, what happened if you would have bet, like, the money lines and all the dogs you would have taken. Now, when I say this, and Joe understands this, when I say this, it doesn't mean... That every freaking underdog wins the game outright, people. That's not what I'm saying. <laughs> what I'm saying is the point spread doesn't matter, right? Like when we're, I'm going to take the points because I'm scared. I think, you know, they, they're going to lose, but they could cover. Or I'm going to put them in a teaser. I'm going to put them in a money line parlay because I think they're going to win, but I don't think they're going to cover. A great example last night was. Most of the people on In Game Live last night were freaking out, uh, Joe, because they had Carolina in the seven-point teaser to win the game. <laughs> right? So there you, there you go. You have a seven-point favorite, and you think, "Wow, I get this down to a pick 'em." You still lost. Why? Because the point spread was irrelevant. And you know, I'd like we got. I'm gonna add up the math. And, and and we'll see how it all balances out. But this really comes into play, Joe, early in the year. Underdogs mm. are going to bark early in the year, guys. The teams are evenly matched. We're setting numbers on public perception and from last year's data, Joe. The Carolina Panthers had no business being seven-point favorites last night. Mm. Why? Like, what have they shown us in recent memory? What, losing six of their last eight games last year? What, Cam Newton getting hurt again in preseason? Them losing in week one last week? It's amazing. Like, people can see with their own eyes, yet we fall for these numbers still, Joe. You can mm. see. You can look. They're not playing well. They shouldn't be seven-point favorites. They end up losing the game outright.
2: Dogs 10-6-1 thus far this year. So there's uh, four instances there where, yeah. Money line was the uh, was the situation to go.
1: And you look at I brought this up week one Monday Night Football. Week one Monday Night Football underdogs are now 37-15 and two. Hmm. And that's a significant number, 37-15 <laughs> and two. This is the history of Monday Night Football. All right, 50 years. They've been playing a couple of doubleheaders, so 50 years plus the, the couple. Your 30s, 37, uh, 15, and two underdogs are in week one. All right? I'll guarantee you right now without knowing the numbers, and I guarantee you this, underdogs are not 37, 15, and two in week six of Monday Night Football <laughs> or week 12 of Monday Night Football. It's mm. week one of Monday Night Football. Why? Teams are all fired up, man. First game of the year. Another thing, Joe, and this will we'll carry this over because who cares about what happened in the past, unless you're a history teacher, um, <laughs> is how can we apply this moving forward for these games uh, this week? But, you know, we, we talk about underdogs winning, underdogs winning, underdogs winning, and you see this early in the season with these teams. So, the... The Tampa Bay Buccaneers see the point spread, guys. Mm. Right? Like they'll go, What the hell? Why are we seven point? You know what I mean? Everyone thinks we suck still from last year. And, you know, even if the team still does, they don't think they do, right? In their mind. <laughs> so not. early in the season, well, besides the Dolphins, who you know they suck. Early no. in the season, <laughs> players don't think we suck. Players are like, screw this, man. We can beat these guys. It's new year. Why not? Right? Mm-hmm. But we as betters and the public hang on to past. College football, when Lisey joins us, college football spreads are solely on school reputation. It's a reputation yep. thing. Michigan's favored on reputation. Michigan shouldn't have been 23-point favorite against Army. They were because, oh, it's Michigan, and the average dumbass thinks Army sucks and only runs the ball. Right? <laughs> and didn't realize that they nearly beat Oklahoma last year. And our double their win the Army suck. Their win total's ten and a half, Joe. <laughs> mm,
2: yeah, awful. Absolutely. Yeah, like coming awful.
1: into the year, I'm like, I like Army. I'm their win total is ten and a half, because the odds makers know. The odds makers know. But how can we apply this moving forward? You know, who who are who are the underdogs this week on the board that are frothing at the mouth, that are actually good football teams, mm. um, that are gonna prove it. And I'll tell you one team, they're not underdogs, but I love I love that people keep talking about us negatively. And it's the same way that I hate that every damn year people give the Patriots motivation. Brady's done, Kraft's a scumbag, deflate gate. We always give these guys something more to play for. Mm. There's always that extra chip on the shoulder of the Patriots. As to why they think they're being victimized, and it's really worked for them. All right, Mm. and you'll notice, guys, a ton of championship coaches use the victim card. That's they—it's their number one trump card. Nick Saban, nobody believes in us. Why? Because you're only nine-point favorites in the game, right? Remember Saban? Oh, you all can pick whoever you want. It's Mm -hmm. like, coach, you're you're favorite in the game, bro. You know, Lou Holtz used to play that disrespect, like. You know, hard button. Like, all these guys will play that. Nobody believes in us, even if you're 50-point favorites. You know, see, that guy picked against us. They mm. love that stuff, and it leads me into that dumbass. And everyone, you can talk about Adam Gase, but Pat Shermer, who might be the worst coach in the NFL, along with Matt Patricia, says that uh, Josh Allen might be able to be a starter in the NFL. <laughs> might. <laughs> he said he has a chance. The exact quote is he has a chance to be a starter in the NFL. Now, he said this last year before the draft Mm. when asked about the quarterbacks. Didn't like Josh Allen, said he has a chance to be a starter in the NFL. Was asked yesterday, well, now you've seen Josh Allen for a year. Um, What are your thoughts? He repeated the same line, and said, I feel the exact same way. Coming from a coach who is force-feeding Eli Manning onto the fans of the biggest city in the country, he's worried. He thinks Josh Allen has a chance. Sean McDermott saw this. They saw this. They blew it up. It's all over the walls in the Bills' Mm -hmm. room. The Bills are mad that it got out. McDermott told the media, you shouldn't have told people that we have. Shut up, coach. It is, you know what I mean? (laughs) You know, this isn't North Korea, all right? So, but basically, yes. In case you wonder if this stuff gets to teams, it Mm -hmm. does. And it's going to make everyone else play better. They say they're talking smack about my boy Josh Allen. All right, Mm -hmm. let's see, Giants. Let's go. And it's funny that the Giants played the victim card when Baker talked smack. But now you see Shermer doing the same damn thing. Mm-hmm. I tell you, man, the Bills are going to, they're not just going to beat the Giants. They're going to pulverize them. I'm telling you yeah. right now, Josh Allen's going to run the end zone. He's going to spike the ball on their logo. Eli Manning might get hurt. You know, this might be the end of Eli Manning, actually. Daniel Jones might get in because the Buffalo Bills are going to smack him like a piñata, like a Trump piñata at a uh, Cinco de Mayo festival. Ooh. And he's going down yeah. hard. Hmm.
2: So on NFL Sunday in week one, Dale and took down dollars in a tournament. So using the dailyrome.com DFS lineup optimizer. Now, just four days later, last night, employee number two, Colin Drew, won $103,000 in the DraftKings tournament doing the same exact thing. So if seven Daily Roto customers now have earning one $1 million in a FanDuel or DraftKings tournament and registered users like Drew and Colin winning thousands of dollars more each week, well, the jury isn't out anymore, guys. If you are playing DFS and you are not using the DailyRoto.com DFS lineup optimizer, you're doing it wrong. So sign up now. Get the NFL annual pass. Get the faster optimizer, the smarter projections, and, of course, the better results. The promo code is ACTION for a 10% discount. At promo code ACTION, get yourself a 10% discount. And keep in mind at DailyRoto.com, it is where millionaires are made. And welcome in. Friday the 13th here, people. September, getting ready. College football tonight, week three. Week two, NFL already off and running. We'll get to those games. But first, let's check in with Gabe to see who the hell he's yelling at to get off his lawn today. Hey, you kids. Get off my lawn.
1: Well, the National Football League is uh, back. Are we having uh, fun yet? Um, all right. So uh, we've had uh, a Thursday night uh, primetime time affair uh, with the Green Bay Packers and the um, Chicago Bears that bored uh, America to death. Um, we had last night's uh, Thursday night affair that uh, once again bored America uh, to death. That is uh, when uh, there wasn't a uh, replay uh, review or a uh, crappy uh, play call, or nauseating camera angles. So I don't even know where to start uh, with this. The National Football League's uh, 100th anniversary has begun, and there's already about 100 things that have been annoying about the start to this season. Of course, we had the ESPN uh, neon uh, first down uh, marker that uh, for some reason somebody thought would be a good idea. Fortunately, that only lasted up for a half. Now, last night, I immediately noticed. Um, the horrible, nauseating like camera angles that we were being, um, we were being subjected to. And I'm thinking to myself, what the hell is going on in the NFL this year? And this is not the NFL's fault. It's, you know, the broadcast partner's fault. You know, it's not the NFL's fault that ESPN decides that uh, Neon is somehow cool, uh, right now. Um, It's not, you know, the NFL's fault. Oh, no, maybe it is the NFL's fault that they went with some weird Madden camera angle crap. And, you know, it's funny because I watch the Alliance League. And, you know, I'm a degenerate and a hardcore football fan. So I actually used to watch the Alliance Leagues on their website, like the direct feeds. And it was basically the exact same camera angles that they were using last night. You know, they're sort of, you know, sky cams behind the play. And it's real cool for like a second or so. But it's not really cool when you're watching a game at home and you feel like you're watching from the freaking blimp, all right? You know, the overhead shot, the end zone shot, they're clearly Madden shots, all right? If I want video game angles, I'll play a goddamn video game. And I see that yesterday was hashtag national video game day. Hey, I'll tell you what losers, You already play too many video games. National hashtag video game. These things are already glued to your freaking palm as it is. Hashtag this. How about hashtag blow me? How's that? How about hashtag you suck? There's a hashtag for you. How about hashtag can you do anything right? How's that for a hashtag? Millennials aren't big on it. They like hashtags, but they don't like actually doing things. But anyways, so the National Football League last night, I don't know, man, if you're an alcoholic and you're sitting in a bar and you're watching that crap, how many people threw up last night? You know, like those Japanese cartoons they make you start going crazy? That's what this game was doing to me last night. I didn't even drink, and I feel hungover right now. I want to throw up. And then they tell us, they tell us, well, because of lightning in the area, and God, are we soft? We stop games because lightning's in the area. The chance of getting hit by lightning is like 13 million to one, all right? You get hit by lightning, you deserve it. You did something in a past life. So, ooh, we stopped the game because of lightning now. So, you got to stop the game because it's raining. Ooh, it's raining. Ooh. So, uh, that's where we're at now. We stop the game. Fine, all right. All right, stop the damn game then. All right, you stop the game, but then they tell us, well, we can't use human cameraman because of the weather. So what? It's all right for Cam Newton to for his life to be at risk on the field? Well, don't worry about Jameis Winston. He's probably a rapist anyways. He gets struck by lightning. Hey, so be it. Hey, whatever. Don't worry about Cam Newton. You know, but our cameraman, oh, God, no, we can't put our cameraman in harm's way. I, how is that logical? It's too dangerous to put cameraman out there, but we'll put the players out there. Yeah, it makes sense. You know what it tells you? You know what that tells you? It tells you that the cameraman's union is actually better than the NFL's player union. But uh, you know what? The crackhead union of America is actually better than the NFL's uh, players union. Now, what union isn't better? What union isn't better than the NFL's players uh, union? So the NFL rolls out these weird camera angles, and finally, Finally, we got, like, normal camera angles eventually as the cameramen braved the elements, and then we were subjected to a crap-ass game once again, once again. But the fact of the matter is we can get all worked up about this stuff. The NFL sucks, all right? The NFL is not a good product. You want to pretend it is. You like fantasy football. You like betting and all that. I get it. So do I. I love it. The actual games suck, all right? There, North Turner, man, this guy couldn't call his way out of a jack-in-a-box, let alone he's calling plays in NFL football games. You know, he's a good coordinator like 22 years ago when he was winning Super Bowls with the Dallas Cowboys, all right? He's not a good coordinator anymore. It's a bad product, bad football, yet it doesn't matter because in the end, we'll get some entertaining games, you'll get some playoffs, it'll get better as it goes, We go through this every freaking year, and we have to go through it again. And unfortunately, the biggest problem for the NFL right now isn't crap-ass games, because it will get better as it goes on. It's crap-ass officiating, all right? Every freaking game, the refs are clueless and lost. I mean, like, honestly, like, you know, like, we have referees, and I respect the hell out of seniors, man. I'm practically a senior. And I'm getting there faster and faster. I respect the hell out of seniors, but 72-year-old men cannot be keeping up with 22-year-old kids that are running four threes down the field. All right? It's like I'm falling and I can't get up. Hello, I can't find my keys. Like they're, you know, like when you see the ref, you know, they're they're talking to people, and you know, you know what they're saying. You know, they come in, they look in the hood. All right, is it first down? They're not doing that. I swear to God, NFL referees when they go in the hood, they're like, "What city am I in? I'm lost. My soup is cold." All right, hang in here, Bob. We got to we got to make the call, Bob. This big big call here. Um, You know, we're just going to see. What city am I in? It's like, you know, basically, I don't think these guys remember anything. In other words, why don't we just make Joe Biden an NFL referee? Hey, Uncle Joe, what's the call? What what play? I don't remember. Get the hell off my lawn! Hey, you kids! Get off my lawn!
11: Hey, you pesky kids, that
2: I can't get rid of. You stop my grass, you stop my- Yeah, I caught the, uh, the part of the broadcast last night where it was funny. Aikman was talking about North Turner and how, oh, you know, he used to be my you know, offensive coordinator for three years in Dallas, and he was talking about how he was basically laying out the philosophy of North Turner from 25 years ago when he played and implying that, yeah, it's pretty much the same crap over the last day. Like nothing's changed with North Turner and the offense in 25 years, because he's running exactly the same crap that we ran in Dallas when he was there. And I'm sorry. I mean, I'm all for the classics, but at some particular point, especially as an OC, you got to get, in this day and age, you better, better, you better be getting creative because it didn't seem like Todd Bowles and that defense had an issue knowing exactly what was coming, and it showed. And Aikman talked about it last night. how it's pretty much the same stuff we did 25 years ago. So congratulations, North. What's amazing to me, it.
1: the National Football League uh, referees mm. and the incompetence overall of the direction as well. It's an embarrassment. They're an embarrassment Uh, for a league. You know, Roger Goodell, you know, he obviously has no shame. I mean, he makes $48 million a year to oversee a subpar product that is the most poorly officiated league in sport. And you have a problem, Mr. Goodell, when you have the resources that you have at your disposal you are the million-pound giant gorilla in the sports world, yet you have a bunch of grandfathers that don't know where their freaking dentures are refereeing these games. They don't even know the rules anymore. All right. Last week you ran off time off the clock. It should have been 40 seconds. You screwed them. They were you know you're lucky they won the game. Uh, the other night in 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 uh, in New Orleans. You didn't even know what you were reviewing. Is it a first? Are you reviewing the catch? Is it a first down? Oh, no. Now the time, the clock. You're clueless. And, you know, we saw last year, playoff games, both decided by incompetent men. Human error. All right? Grandpa cost the Saints a trip to the Super Bowl. Grandpa cost the Chiefs a trip to the Super Bowl. I love grandpa. I love my grandpa. But at some point, we had to tell my grandpa, you know what? It's not a good idea that you drive to the store anymore. Yeah, We'll go for you. At some point in time, you need to take the goddamn keys away. Take the keys away.
4: If you've heard of WeatherTech floor liners, you probably know that for your vehicle's floor, nothing protects better but what about protection for the rest of your car or truck? I'm David McNeil, founder of WeatherTech. Besides our floor liners, we design, engineer, and manufacture a wide range of automotive accessories right here in America. And just like our floor liners, everything is done to the highest standards possible. We understand what kind of investment owning a vehicle can be, so we do everything possible to help you protect it. We don't take shortcuts, and we never make concessions when it comes to quality. For everything from cargo liners to cleaning and detailing supplies to mud flaps and car covers, the one place you need to go is WeatherTech.com. So if you are familiar with our floor liners, just imagine how well the rest of our products will work for you. Learn more about our full line of automotive accessories at WeatherTech.com or call one 800 carmats WeatherTech.com, proudly made in America.
10: um,
1: morning after continues, I guess on the old time, uh old time goodies. Holy crap, guys. Like uh yeah, yeah, hit the music, thank you. Like what is this? Are we like in the in the sixties here or something? Like every dance, like Fleetwood Mac, the like, Jerry Lee Lewis, like Can we get like a song that's like been recorded? That's my request, guys, for the next hour. Can we please have a song played that's like been recorded in like, I don't know, like the last like decade. I was going to say, you know, maybe the last year or so or something like that, but uh, Joe Lisi steps up and in and joins us. Go for the two, Joe. What's up, Joe? Uh, cold weather,
12: game. We got football <laughs> weather. Today. Football weather, Joe. That, yeah. That's it. Love and life. Can't wait for tomorrow. How's everything? I'll tell you what,
1: Joe, and I've heard people like Sean, I see, he said, ah, oh, it's not a great college week this week. There's no, no this and that. And I'm seeing other people well, there's no top 25 matchups, there's no this, there's no that. It's funny, Joe, because when I looked at this college week, I actually said, you know what, wow, I like this week. You know, you got a lot of just these rivalry games, teams that don't like each other. Um, I like this weekend. You know, Pitt, Penn State, Iowa, Iowa State, a good football game. USC, BYU is USC back right now and turned the corner. I think there's a lot of intriguing storylines this Saturday.
12: Yeah, I'm with you. From a gambling perspective, there's a lot of good games that you know have provide good value, rivalry games. And I think we're going to see a lot of close matchups, even straight through to that 10-30 matchup, Texas Tech and Arizona. So I'll be up until about 3.30 in the morning watching all these games play out.
1: All right, so let's get down to business. We have a game uh, tonight, and I like this game, actually. The number hasn't moved. I've been riding the Tar Heels, Joe. You know, I, you know, there's something about Mac Brown, and he's just got these kids playing well. Um, have they been lucky? Have they been out yarded? Yes, and and yes, and yes. But at the same point in time, they're two and zero right now. A lot of people wondered, what the hell is Mac Brown going back to North Carolina for? And a lot of people wondered, why would North Carolina hire Mac Brown uh, right now, a guy that's only going to be there for a couple of years? But people forget, man, college football is supposed to be about fun. And you see the fun the kids are having, the fun that Mac Brown is having, and he's brought some enthusiasm to a dormant program. But without being stated, I think reality catches up tonight. This Wake Forest offense is really humming this year, Joe. I like the Demon Deacons uh, tonight. What's your take?
12: Yeah, I really like Wake Forest in this matchup because of their quarterback, Jamie Newman. He's completed 74% of his passes, six touchdowns, no interceptions, and he has two big play wide receivers in Washington, and Sarat, and now you have Sam Howell making his first career road start. This was a team that was 0-6 in uh, on the road or on a neutral field site last year, and lost those games in North Carolina by 14.6 points per game. I like Reek to win this matchup by double digits game. I think they're the superior team in this ball game.
1: Yeah, I, I agree. Um, and you know, it's tough. You know, big upset against the Gamecocks then they follow that up with a big upset. Well, not as big, but yeah, you know, whatever. You know, 5 point underdogs, you know, beating the Miami Hurricanes. The uh, Canes team is pretty talented. Yet now now they've had some time to think about this. Now they're walking around campus being told about how good they are and there's delusions of grandeur and this Wake Forest team very very efficient um there's three games tonight. we got Kansas, Boston College, but let me throw, the, uh, let me throw this Houston-Washington State game at you. When I looked at the number, I was like, well, what's the deal here? Are people for Houston out? Are there major injuries? I get it. People are seeing Houston. They got murdered uh, by Army last year in the bowl game, Joe. Then people see Houston on TV losing to Oklahoma. But, should Washington State be nine-and-a-half, ten-point favorites on the road? Um, you know, it's not neutral, but it's where the Texans play, Reliant Stadium. Is the spread too high here laying this many, this type of pointage with a Pac-12 team? I, uh, who the hell have Washington State played so far this year?
12: Yeah, that's a great point. I, I like Houston with, with King and those wide receivers. I mean, I expect a shootout tonight. Uh, Washington State was 11 and 2 last year, and I think that's what you're seeing—the residual effects of that bowl win over Iowa State and Houston with a new coach and Dana Oberson. And you're right, the defensive side of the ball has been the weakest link of that team, but they're alive tonight. As long as you can move the football, they're playing at home. They've seemed to step up on these stages before on a Friday night or a Thursday night against better competition. I'd be inclined to take the Cougars with the points and even sprinkle a little on the money line in this matchup.
2: Hey, JoJo, a couple of lines here this weekend. I just uh, it don't make any sense to me. Maybe you can shed some light. Like, wh- am I missing something with Air Force in Colorado here? I mean, Colorado has been pretty impressive last week, coming back, beating Nebraska. Uh, I'm looking, I'm like, is Montez hurt? Like, what's what they should be a close to a double digit favorite, as far as I'm seeing here. Why, why such a short number here against Air Force?
12: I think a couple of factors, Joe. Uh, the, the victory over Nebraska, a rivalry game, and now is there a possibility of a letdown? And then we see the, the residual effect of, of uh, Army Michigan last week when you run the triple option or a variation of it. Fans seem to think that you're going to be in each and every ball game, but speed is is the determining factor. And when you have a quarterback in Steven Montez that can take the top off the of Air Force's uh, defense vertically, that's the way you have to beat the triple option. Colorado's built to beat Air Force better than Michigan was be- uh, built to beat Army last week. So I think that's why you're seeing a short number in this ballgame.
1: One of the most impressive teams uh, so far in this young season, although – you know we talk about overreactions, guys, in the NFL after a week. College football, you can't react for the first five weeks almost. It's that's the way it is. I mean, there'll be a lot of teams, guys, that you'll see. You'll be like, oh, they must be really good. They're five and zero, and you'll see at the end of the year they're they're seven and five. Like, right? It's like the schedule, and it's a little deceptive early. But with that being stated, Loxley's really got something going on here with the Terps, uh, Joe. They're just racking it up, all right? You know, I thought the Howard win was an embarrassment, to be honest, hanging 79 up. But uh, I don't have a problem with racking up the score on a team that's even with you like Syracuse. But now the public has jumped on board, and I'm not so sure they should be laying seven in Philadelphia against Temple. Seems like a lot of points to be laying on the road here, Joe.
12: Yeah, great point, Gabe. I mean, they were a a 15-and-a-half-point favorite last year in College Park and lost the game outright to Temple. So it's a revenge spot for the Terps going on the road. But you know Temple is a blue-collar team. They run the football, and they shut down the run consistently. I love the way Josh, Josh Jackson's played, but I'd be inclined to take Temple with the points in this ballgame. I still can't buy into the consistency of Maryland in this matchup, but we'll see how it plays out. I take Temple with the seven points in this
1: game. I agree with Ranieri. I, I agree with you, Joe, as far as the Colorado Buffaloes. I think they're to the play as well. But one thing with the Buffaloes, you know it's going to be a stress job, Joe. They're not beating anyone by double digits. Like, like they're, <laughs> it's going to be a little bit of a stress job. But their offense yep. is freaking good. Their offense is uh, really good. Um, a team that, listen, guys, I've been very critical of Clay Helton over the years, and rightfully so. He's deserved to be criticized. Or whatever. I don't even know if he deserves to be criticized because he shouldn't have gotten the job. And if they offer me the job, I would say yes, too. But without being stated, Joe, I really, really liked what I saw from the quarterback uh, last week. And, hey, hard not to like what we saw from the quarterback. But um, uh, Keaton lit it up, man. And you just saw the confidence level. Sometimes it just takes a little change. For whatever reason, the offense just wasn't clicking with JT Daniels, uh, Lisey. And you saw last week uh, with Slovis, man. Holy crap. This kid was throwing, like, bullets to the sideline. NFL caliber wide receivers going up there and getting the football. It just seemed like the skill position players in the old line came alive for him, Joe. Like, wow. Look, at he can make plays. Let's go. Let's do this. Nothing critical against JT Daniels, but... The offense just wasn't humming under that kid.
12: I, I agree. I, I said that Slovis, to me, they're playing much better with him at the helm. and I. Think yeah, you notice the
1: enthusiasm, game. Joe, that they had, right?
12: Yeah, I agree with you, Gabe. I, I, and I think they're, they're, they're one of the teams to keep an eye out in the Pac-12. Now, they're going to need to run the football a little bit better. They're averaging 145 per game. But, again, against BYU, I had the over in the BYU game. I lucked out with that battle, 55 total points, what it looked like I was dead and buried uh, in the fourth quarter. But Zach Wilson and that offense are inconsistent. The speed of USC, to me, is the difference. I know the numbers against the spread favor BYU in this matchup. But USC is the superior team, and I think they cover this number by double digits on the road in Provo.
1: Mm, I like them, too.
2: yeah, what about
12: the Gators
2: uh, taking on Kentucky? A little SEC matchup here. It's a it's a, another short number. Gators favored by eight. These uh, Both these teams can put up some points. But what do you think we're going to get from a defensive perspective here?
12: Yeah, I mean, the one thing that I like, I mean, Terry Wilson's out, the quarterback for Kentucky, but I don't think it matters because Kentucky's still pounding the rock for 2-7 on the ground. This is more against Florida. Now, the last three games in Lexington have been decided by 7.6 points per game. Everybody expecting Florida in a revenge spot after Kentucky snapped a 31-game losing streak last year, but I'm not sold on Florida. They're still only averaging 140 rushing yards per game. They're going to need a better effort on the road, and I'm buying into Kentucky. I I like what they have. I think they're going to play loose. Nobody's expecting them to win. I like them as a live plus plus eight, and on the money line against Florida in this ballgame
1: remember a couple of years ago, Joe, I picked it. Remember when they lost forever? I was like, this is the year they're doing it. (laughs) I should note, though, guys, I picked Kentucky like five years in a row to snap that streak. (laughs) I lost a lot of money doing it along the way. All right, well, we've got a couple of minutes. I like hitting the obscure games. I want to ask you a quick take on FAU and Ball State uh, because I was thinking, all right, good, good chance for FAU to finally get in a win column here. but. I don't know, man. I am I like FAU here, Joe. I'm looking at your, your opinion here, Lisey, on this. But we got to throw the big teams out here. So I'll hand it to you, uh, Lisey. we only got about two minutes. But FAU, Ball State, and then uh, Clemson, of course, uh, Syracuse. Cusa giving them problems in the past. They're laying 28 on the road right now. And then Bama's uh, playing the Gamecocks. So those three games, uh, Lisey, what's your quick takes?
12: Yeah, quick take is I think FAU runs up the score because they can on Ball State and they can run the football in the front seven. They're going to they have too many
1: like athletes FAU. for them, Joe. That's what I'm thinking. Like, come on, two and a half yeah, points, the game athletes, game. they don't match up.
12: Uh, yeah, and this is a game Kiffin will look to just run up the score because he's got to take out his frustration on somebody. So I expect FAU to run away with it. Clemson, I'm leaning towards Clemson, not sold on DeVito and that offense. It's a different offense with DeVito than it was with De, uh, Dungy. Even though the last two games have been decided by a total of seven points, I'm taking Clemson. And then the other game, I got to go with Alabama. I mean, they're 26-1 against SEC competition. The last three years and have won by 27.5 points per game. Uh, I would love to see South Carolina do it, but I'm laying the wood with Alabama on the road.
1: Renari, any games? We've got about a minute left. Any games you want to Florida throw? Florida
12: State, Virginia, ACC, talk to me. I love Virginia. I mean, Florida State's lost 10 of 14 games in the ACC, lost those by 17.6 points per game. Their ACC losses, Joe, five last year by 22.6 points per game. They're averaging eight penalties per game. Give me the more disappointing team in Virginia with a better quarterback in Bryce Perkins. I think they rolled to a double-digit win over the Seminoles.
1: And finally, in closing, uh, Joe, that one game we didn't talk about uh, tonight, Kansas and uh, Boston College. I think it's at uh, what, 20 and a half now. It's been bouncing around. Uh, yeah, what do we got uh, here? Yes, sir, 20 and a half over under. Uh, over under 51. Is it too many points for BC to be laying? I think it is. Give me, give me
12: Kansas with this matchup. I didn't. I know they underachieved last week, but I'll take them as a dog. I think Wes Miles loves that. Like, like loves that opportunity. I think Kansas
1: could keep her within the number tonight. Oh, Kansas football underachieving? Never, Joe. Come on, never. Pat here, Sherman in the morning.
11: Not too long ago, it felt good to withdraw your cash from the bank, didn't it? For a vacation or a new car. But today, withdrawing your own cash has become risky. Pat Boone here for Swiss America. Pick up your phone and
10: call right now. 800-932-5517. 800-932-5517. 800-932-5517. Once again, that's 800-932-5517. That's 800-984-4207.
1: Great song. Perfect Circle. But this is what I'm talking about. Like, Perfect Circle have a new record out. It's been out for about a month now. Or Tool will have a new record out. Have we played one riff of it? No. No. Have we played... We'll get it. Have we played... Fleetwood Mac about 33 times in the last month. We should
0: play Eddie Money. He passed away, sadly. People For die, it? Sean. Ah, well, he's a legend. Come on. You, Eddie Murray. Uh, two pick- it, two, it, two it, tickets to paradise? No, yeah. when did Eddie Money die? He didn't die. He died today, yeah. He just died. What? Eddie Money, yeah. Yeah. It's breaking.
1: Like, when really? Just died. right now? Yeah. Oh, I'm actually sad about that. Yeah.
13: Great Geico commercial, if you remember. Career. That
1: that's what his career has come down to, a Geico commercial. No, I just I, I mentioned it was a legend because of the music, but yeah, and that Geico commercial was pretty funny. He made fun of himself. It was pretty funny. Well, he wasn't really a legend. No, you don't think so. No. Great songs. He's actually a one-hit wonder. Take me home tonight. Yeah, it's true too. Yeah. Two takes so too? No, I don't want to seem like I'm disparaging him. Yeah, I'm just saying. Yeah, no, no. Take me yeah. home. I, I didn't see, realize I that's see, him. Yeah. yeah. I can see Joe being a Eddie. Money I got fan. two tickets to paradise. Baby.
2: Joe, he, um, I'm just reading up on what happened here. That boy, that was unexpected. He was, uh, he was, yeah, he was good to go. Damn. You know what? Nice guy. Yeah. He
1: said, you know, he was a nice guy. I've seen him in interviews and stuff. He was a nice guy. He wasn't like, you know,
2: he was very oh, yeah, humble. cancer. Sorry oh, about that. Yeah. Stage four esophageal cancer.
1: Yeah, yeah. That's what'll do me. Oh. End. Yeah. <laughs> that's, that's what'll take me out. Like I said, cancer is just how we die now. Mm. Unless, I don't know, unless you're lucky enough to get hit by a truck or something like that. Lightning. (laughs) Or lightning. (laughs) Ah. Lightning. Lightning. I got struck by lightning. (laughs) It just, it would, like, scold me, but I'd live (laughs) (laughs) Hey, rest in peace. Let's play Eddie Money then. Yeah, rest in peace, Eddie. There you go. Mm.
8: There
1: he is. Poor guy. I feel bad for him, like... Or
3: Eddie. Mm. <laughs> this is the greatest song, I think.
9: Oh, oh, oh. Yeah, yeah.
1: yeah, yeah. Right now, <laughs> Brian in the, in the pit's like, what the hell? Who? Eddie what? He doesn't work for Barstow. Never heard
8: of him Yeah.
10: <laughs> 754-4531. That's 800-754-4531.
0: Last night, you find out the morning after. Let's do this thing.
1: Yeah, the Buffalo Bills renovated their stadium. What up? The morning after continues. They renovated their stadium shot. It's a coat of paint. (laughs) Yeah. Joe Ranieri, like Ralph Wilson Stadium, first of all, it's built literally on Indian burial grounds. Literally. Like, not even next to the burial ground. Like, they just took a big dump right on top of it. Like, yeah, yeah, we're building it here. They were warned at the time. Not a good idea, sir. Like, he was warned. Like, it's kind of like kind of cursed land out here, people believe. Whatever. Ralph Wilson, it was cheap. And it was so far away from Buffalo, of
13: course. Yeah, it takes forever like,
1: to Ralph get Wilson there. was so cheap, he wouldn't even build a stadium in Buffalo. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <In> <laughs> Buffalo. Fortune <Orchard laughs> Park. Like, what? Like, we're like I we're like it like, there, though. But, yeah. That uh, sucks. It, Let's it, be real.
3: Orchard downtown. Park's
1: a nice town.
3: Yeah, it's a town, exactly. It's, like it's a, a nice, neighborhood, nice yeah. community.
1: It's yeah. actually nice. Yeah. It's upscale. It's like a suburb, yeah. Yeah, it's like the rich, like the Bills players live there. It's like a rich suburb of Buffalo, but it's actually like four mm-hmm. minutes, like it's out there. But mm-hmm. the stadium sucks, all right? The stadium's all antiquated. Dude, uh, dude watching the show. Yeah. Uh, stadium's all antiquated. And yeah, there are big renovations. They painted it. Yeah, and put some rocks in the front of it. <laughs> I don't know if you guys saw it. People have followed me on Twitter, at uh, SportsRage. Uh, should be sports piece. I don't know why I did rage because I'm so laid back, yeah, but you know, exactly. I figured I'd go with the opposite. Rage, come on. But um, I don't know, did you see this, Sean? Did you see it, Joe? It's way cool. So it's like it's like a big kiosk. Sort of looks like a um, like a billboard, like you see on the side of a bus station or something, okay. a bus stop. It's a big thing. So it's touchscreen, sort of like a menu in a McDonald's now. Sure, yeah, yeah. But it's bigger, and it has all the players on the roster. So you go up to it. And I was like, I was running. What is that? So you're going up to it. You push, all right, Zeke Elliott, Dak Prescott, uh, Michael Gallup, Amari Cooper, the Marcus Lawrence. You push the players, and then it gives you like 10 seconds, and it says, all right, get ready, pose. And you pose, and as you pose, the players pop up around you automatically. It's pretty sweet. And you yeah. do a selfie with whatever player you want. Except it looks bang on. Like, it looks freaking realistic. Uh, turns out somebody sent me a tweet says, yeah, Barcelona had this in, in Spain. Mm. Like, that's why Jerry's Jerry. Like, the, you ask Terry Pagula if you want to spend $2 million on a 5D selfie
0: machine,
4: he's going to tell you I'm still trying to get a toilet that works.
1: Oh, here we go. Bavona's is bringing it now. Yeah, we'll have a, a production uh, music. Uh, me and Bavona will sit down. Not in a confrontational matter. Bavona is a is uh, a man of um, musical knowledge, and uh, we'll just we'll put together a good playlist. So I know this is gonna come across uh, poorly, but only me somehow and. Sean is on route right now. He's in between uh, the pit and, and the studio. Uh, he's uh, below us, uh, right there on, on the fourth floor. <laughs> but So my battery's dying, Joe, here on my computer, like it always is. So I'm going down. I'm losing power. I'm down to like 3%, and I'm like, oh, man, I better. So the adapter won't – it just won't fit, Joe. Mm. It won't fit. And, of course – There's an intrusion. Only me somehow. There was a small metal ball that somehow magnetically got stuck to the the port where I plug in a computer, and me and Sean just got it out, but he even asked me, he goes, I don't know what that is and how the hell it got in there, bro. And I told him, welcome to my life. Uh. Like, I can't even plug in a computer without it being a battle. Like, you know what I mean? Like, I was like, what the? And I'm looking at it, I'm like, why is there a little metallic ball inside my like uh. <laughs> Sean's like, I think you need that. I'm like, I don't know, man. I'm trying to, like, pull it
2: out. <laughs> I'm trying to get it it's out like, of here.
1: didn't you just spend $300 to get this computer fixed? Yes, I did. Last Friday. Ugh. And here I am. I got metal balls.
2: So, uh, yeah,
1: yeah, here we are. Here's the theme of the show. Metal balls, baby. <laughs> Not working. <laughs> Ridiculous. All right. Uh, so... Friday the thirteenth, and uh, it's pretty crazy. It's gonna be a full moon today too. How cool is that? Mm. Friday the thirteenth and a full moon. And normally, I gotta be honest. Like TV sucks, all right. There's nothing ever on TV, man. I get home, like I swear, we're in 2019. Do you do you watch TV at all, Joe?
2: Uh, not unless there's a game on it.
1: <laughs> no, you don't watch any shows at all. Do you watch the news or do you watch anything?
2: Yeah, I'll try to get the news here or there, but other than that, very limited.
1: Not much. Eh? Yeah, you strike me as someone who would be out of touch uh with the <laughs> with the news.
2: I got this. This is a. <laughs> that's Better your that's your
1: news. Yeah, that's your that's news. That's my and...
2: T V, man. I got every alert in the world.
1: Joe uh, but Joe's the type of guy I can strike, you'd be like Oh, yeah, yeah, there's uh, big problems with the Brexit exit. I can see Ranieri, and, like, I'm supposed to care because of why? Like, how does this affect whether I'm going to win my bet tonight, <laughs> <Yeah>. right?
2: <laughs> Has that helping me exactly? Yeah, I, yeah, I, no,
1: I get it, but... Uh,
2: I know. If I was leaving to England, I'd let you know.
1: Yeah, so, you know, I'm, uh, I'm into politics and, uh, you know, worldly. I'm a curious person, mm-hmm. and I like to get away for sports, at least, like, at the end of the night for an hour. I read about the world's problems. <laughs> right. It makes go. me so positive.
2: Feel better about your own.
1: <laughs> no, but there's nothing. Uh, no, it doesn't. Uh, <laughs> it makes me feel worse. There's nothing. There's nothing good besides, like you said, sports on TV. But I just find myself. I watch Alfred Hitchcock, mm. uh, Perry Mason, and uh, old episodes of The Twilight Zone. Mm. Like honestly, oh yeah, no, this is pretty crazy. I'm really into Mannix now. Well, and I'm sure a lot of people don't know what the TV show Mannix is. Mike Douglas. Uh, no, no, not Mike Douglas. Mike Douglas was in the streets of San Francisco.
2: Cisco, yes, that's all right. All right, yeah, Mannix,
1: big difference. Come on.
2: Mike Conway. Mannix, Mike Conway, I'm sorry. Yes, that's right.
1: Um, but, yeah, Mannix, know, he's like a private investigator. It's like a 70s PI show, um, but it's pretty good. <laughs> and, uh, it's basically well-written. There's nothing, like, everything's just dumb now. Like, I don't, you know what I mean? I don't care about your stupid, like, I don't care about your fat ass on Instagram. Um, I don't care about, you know, your, you know, how many many bottle caps you can spin off a water bottle or you dancing next to a moving car. Mm. You know, I get nothing out of this. I don't learn anything from this. But where I'm going with this is, it's Friday the 13th, and the way this day is going, I actually, it's crossed my mind. I saw this morning, and I was like, oh, man. This is when I wish I was just a slacker. Friday the 13th <laughs> on AMC, it's a Friday the 13th marathon today. Oof. doesn't yeah. get better and, and, and any better than that. I love Friday the 13th movies.
2: First one was great, man. First one was it started it all.
1: Like, I would just have it on all day, smoke like a half ounce of weed, and watch every Friday the 13th movie. Yeah. Get her, Jason, get her!
2: <laughs> yep, never I went pull to for camp Jason. after that. <laughs> I ain't going to no camp. You're out of your mind.
1: Yeah, summer camp,
2: yeah. <laughs> oh, hell no.
1: I'm a city dude, Joe. Woods freak me out, bro. <laughs>
2: yeah, no, exactly. Now, you people coming up out of the water, I'm out.
1: Yes. Yeah, i when the mother comes out of the water and stuff, yeah. it's like, oh.
2: Like, yeah, now I'm good. No, go to, you go to camp.
1: Yeah, yeah. I did, yep. uh, when I was a kid, I did acid, and I went to see uh, Friday the 13th in 3D, the 3D one. Oh, remember those with the glasses? Yeah, oh. yeah, yeah. Man, it was so bad, though. Oh, it's awful. <laughs> Dude, the glasses, <laughs> a piece of cardboard. Exactly. It's like this like, little tent thing. Mm. At the time, now I hate those 3D glasses. Mm. They're all like extrusive. Uh, I don't like it. You know, I don't <laughs> want. I, I don't want to like. I have to squint too. They don't work for me. Yeah. Like I got. I, mean, I can see with one eye in 3D, but uh, yeah, I, I don't need any of that. Um, they got 3D. <laughs> I don't have this, but our boy Yang does actually. And I don't know. Like, uh, It doesn't seem to be as popular. I don't know if it ever caught on, but basically 3D sports viewing. Like basically, Joe. Like you watch the game you're watching. So you're watching Thursday Night Football, but you put on you put on this headset and I guess suddenly it makes it 3D. It makes it you're there type of thing.
0: Yeah.
2: Oculus has it. It's called it's virtual reality. You virtual reality. Head. Thank yeah. you. Yeah, yeah. Not 3D. Yeah. Have
1: you tried it with sports? before? Yeah,
2: it's actually it's mind blowing. It, it really is like you have to almost take off that. You got to take it off after a little while because you start to get. You start to get a little crazy in the uh, in the head with it. The it senses is
1: it's ex- too much, yeah.
2: It really is overload, man. It really, really is overload.
1: My brother's a video game programmer, and a very successful one, actually. And he's got the best of the best of the best mm. virtual reality stuff. So cool. And uh, I hate to admit this, but I did not do it. No, you know, and you know, it was like you know, the holidays, and everyone was drinking, and you know, and people were freaking out. Mm. You know, it was some game basically where like you're in space and like planets are flying at you,
8: mm-hmm. and
1: you gotta, you know, you have like a thing that you can break them with.
8: Mm-hmm. And it
1: was nuts, man. They were in the room jumping around, screaming, No, like, <laughs> like that was like, wow. <laughs> And I was like, old school, I was like, I ain't jumping into some fake reality, man. Like, mm-hmm. you know, I was yeah. like, I don't, I'm not getting in that thing. And he was telling me, he goes, no, no, it's so cool. And But I know, I said, what about for sports? But well, my brother's not into sports, ironically enough. So, you know, yep. my mother, um, you know, re- remarried after. I don't like the term brother, but, uh, so, you know, we're kind of different. He's a lot younger than to me, too. He's not mm-hmm. really into sports. So I said, yeah, I heard it's pretty crazy for sports. And then he explained, it. goes, oh, yeah, yeah, it's like you're on the field. And and then our yep. boy Yang, because Yang works at CBS too, so I don't know how Yang got this or he saw it or he got turned on to it. But Yang watched an NFL game, like at least part of it like that, and basically, you know, it blew him away. I'm surprised more of this technology isn't upon us, actually, and it's not more common,
2: Joe. It's just not affordable yet. I mean, it's uh, the whole uh, – you need a ridiculously high-powered – Computer to be able to run the the program in order to do it. So it's not. It's almost there. It's not there, but I actually did the one where you're in the NBA All-Star Game and you get to shoot the three-point competition against like Steph Curry and company. And it's you're in the arena. I mean, there are people. So you actually did
1: you actually you're standing there.
2: You actually jump. Did did you jump and then the ball goes? mess sweating my ass off i'm running around and it was the most it was hor- i got i I'm like i'll never do that again that was just way too real because you really do you're you're in it man whether you like it or not you're in it <laughs> it's real yeah you are in it man
1: Ugh, God, i can't imagine the future like this
2: stuff no no you just can't kick back and like be like ah oh, this is cool yeah no like you have to be active in these things or you're gonna get the crap scared out of you
1: <laughs> yeah exactly <laughs> yeah
0: you.
10: 932 1749
2: That's 800-932-1749 Here's how it works. Just create a DraftKings Sportsbook account. Make yourself a deposit. Place your first bet. DraftKings matches it with a 50% bonus of up to 500 bucks. The offer is eligible for all users, plus new users get a risk-free bet of up to 200 bucks. Head over to sportsgrid.com forward slash DK to play. That's sportsgrid.com forward slash DK. And gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER, 21 and over. New Jersey only. Eligibility restrictions apply. Check out the website for details.
1: All right, so we'll get... uh Let's get into the football picks, but just quickly in the chat, I was talking about Jason movies, and I thought it was Rob Zombie. I don't know if he's part of it. They didn't fully produce it or direct. It. I've seen James Isaac, but it's actually the 10th one, Jason X. But it's the one where Jason, um, I don't know if you're a Jason connoisseur, Joe, or not, but uh, essentially they ran out of ideas, so hmm. they sent him to space and it was actually it's that. actually a pretty good idea so like the year is 2455 2455 mm. and essentially like like he's like a mummy you know what i mean like so he's like mm-hmm. preserved of yesteryear and they're on a they're on a ship and these scientists of the future dethaw him mm. <laughs> to uh Sad. yeah Sad. they dethaw him to uh, study him so he inevitably like kills everybody on the ship <laughs> shocker <laughs> but he takes control and it's great because like i did not even great. see it coming i'm watching i'm like wow well, how much damage he can you do he's on the ship in space right but he starts crashing into planets and stuff joe <laughs> oops <You> know, <laughs> sorry like the ship then you realize they're like they're like wow well, he's you know they're like wow well, he's on the ship then they're like no he's in control <laughs> like right The, exactly the ship is, is, is like flying around space just destroying everything and i was like ah jason you troublemaker uh, yeah, big big fan of Jason Voorhees,
2: good guy. Rob Rob Zombie did the other guy. I was a big Mike Myers fan. Michael Myers. Oh, Halloween.
1: Halloween. Yeah, uh, he, oh, he's at Halloween. Halloween.
2: Yeah, really. Yeah.
1: Did he really? Yeah. It's not uh, Jason. I, huh? he,
2: no, he. I'm I'm fairly certain he did. Um, Mike Myers and, and Halloween, if I remember correct, because I believe the soundtrack was out and it was like in. It was earlier than 2010. It, it had to have been. Rob
1: Zombie movies. about
2: 10 years ago, somewhere along those lines. But I remember, I'm pretty sure it was Halloween that he did. Halloween is scarier. Oh, yeah. Mike Myers. Yeah, that that Halloween
1: is actually sort of.
2: That was it for me. Dude, there's a Halloween without
1: uh, Mike Myers and stuff. Really? Um, Yeah, it's like a twisted. And Myers is like briefly in it, but it's more. I'll find out which one it is. It's like a weird, like, doll factory and stuff. It's real twisted, man. Like, 70s oh, type of Rosemary's Bear, Baby where it actually is creepy. Okay. There's something about the 70s-looking film that creeps people out, including myself.
2: Yeah. That was my crazy one. They have it down here in, uh, at Universal Studios when they do <laughs> Halloween Horror Nights. They, that's what they got a bunch of people dressed like Michael Myers jumping out of the shrubs and dropping out of the <laughs> trees that are just, they're, you know, swinging at you. And it's it's scary. scary. It's awful. It's awful.
1: Yeah, you freaked out. Yeah, you're like,
2: yeah, like I I got time for this. No, give me a beer.
1: (laughs) Yeah, I don't know if I would do that.
2: (laughs) Yeah, no, I got it. No, thanks. I'm good. I'm
1: not in. I'm a big wuss. I like the movies, but I'm not in the haunted houses and stuff like that. Yeah, yeah, no, I don't like
2: There's nowhere to go. It's like, yeah, no, I'm good.
1: You're right. He's done uh, Devil's Rejects, House of a Thousand Corpses, Halloween 2007. Oh, okay. Wow, I didn't know he did Guardians of the Galaxy. He's pretty wow. I
2: didn't realize that. Devil's Rejects, one of my favorite. That was great.
1: Yeah, yeah. Halloween, uh, Halloween movies are that. Uh, that those are more sort of creepy. Jason's yeah. funny.
2: <laughs> Jason's he became like, funnier. Yeah, yeah like did. Jason, like yeah. I
1: said, he's a good guy. He's just misunderstood. Yep. He's just upset about his mother. Yep. Um, exactly. She was it's a. It's like Fred, Freddy Krueger. Freddy's a good guy too. Yep. Freddie Krueger's great.
2: <laughs> I, I saw, was good, yeah. When was, you got Docken doing a soundtrack for you. You know you're pretty cool. I saw one
1: of the it was on TV the other night, man, and man, Freddy was a jerk. Like it was like he was he was a tool. Oh, man, like so. he threw like he threw like some poor teenage girls, like their parents died. He like replayed it in her head. You know what I mean? I was was thinking, I was like, you know, Wes Craven, you actually are a jerk. Like, they did this movie. It was great. Because at the time, (laughs) you just think it's funny. Then you realize, Mm -hmm. you're like, no, you kind of actually got to be an a-hole to come up with this idea even. Let's torment this teenage girl in a bikini here. Mm -hmm. Uh, And You know what I mean? Like, like really suggestive sexual stuff that nowadays, in a Me Too, they'd be like, no, no, Freddie, you're not hitting on a 15-year-old girl. Can't do it, Freddie. Yeah, like, Freddie was, like, a teenage girl. Like, it's high school, Joe. He's like, oh, baby. And he's got his, like, claw going. Right. Even me, I'm like, I don't
2: think no, you're getting away with this now. <laughs> that's not going to work today. No, <laughs> not going to work.
1: All right, so, football <laughs> Friday. Let's get into it.
2: <laughs> that poor guy got typecast, too, the rest of his career. I
1: we just got, I got <laughs> thrown out by Friday the 13th, but I see everybody in the chat's enjoying it. They're like, I prefer Chucky. Oh, Chucky's great. Oh,
2: Chucky's I bad. love Chucky. Yep. Yep. Chuck, he's the best. <laughs> Talk about an a-hole. Oh, he's wow. so funny. He's angry. <laughs> like when he <laughs>
1: argues with Jennifer Tilly, his girlfriend. <laughs>
2: <laughs> oh,
1: Bovonia, man, you're you're you a your whore buff yeah. or something. Bavone is bringing this. Uh, here. Very nice.
2: That's great. That's great, Chucky uh, Chuckie's <laughs> Chuck, <was> the best.
1: <laughs> you know what movie too is like utterly offensive leprechaun oh god it was a
2: terrible movie
1: it's like yeah yeah it's so bad <laughs> and so racist like I actually dropped my jaw and I've never seen it I didn't see it when it came out like I was one of these deals I saw on TV like two years ago in the middle of the night type thing mm-hmm. and I got suckered in it was just so bad bro <laughs> I was like oh, I gotta exactly. watch this like <laughs> it's so creepy it's it so, was just so. Oh. Like I'm amazed the Irish Benevolent Association of America like didn't file a class action lawsuit. Like.
2: Yeah, exactly. Like
1: just, <laughs> Like the Leprechaun. Like how do you like how do you distract them? We'll get them oh. drunk.
2: Like it was just oh. so like. It was so stereotypical. Yeah, no, it was
1: like here you go and they're dangling booze,
2: and he's like, "Oh, so I'm a leprechaun like, looking too, man." It was so cool. Oh, he was scary. Yeah, he really was. He was. I was like, oh, Creepy God, get him away dude.
1: from me. Yep. Creepy looking dude. Yeah. Kings Only in the chat. That's the one. I talked about it before. Leprechaun in the hood. Yeah. Might be leprechaun. the most stereotypical, racially typecast, insensitive movie. Wow. Like, from the hood to the leprechaun. Mm-hmm. I, oh, Yeah. Mm-hmm. I like put it this way like basically if you like racist humor you'll like the movie
2: <laughs> that's correct that's hilarious yeah your girl was in there remember you know who was uh I think the first one that was one of the early movies she did was Jennifer Aniston
1: <laughs> leprechaun yes. yeah, yeah I think leprechaun was- in the hood thanks King <laughs> only I'm <laughs> telling you guys it's one of the worst movies ever made yet you can't stop watching it this leprechaun terrorizes people Like, like, there's, like the I, I I I when I I remember watching it, and like I said, my jaw Joe was just like basically I was like, no they didn't. I was like they didn't yes. just do this. Like yes, they, they did, did. They didn't just like typecast everybody like this. <laughs> like, they did. <laughs> like honestly, I'm not even exaggerating. Like basically like David Duke. If he was the executive producer in a movie, would have said, "I don't know, guys. I think we're typecasting a little much here."
2: Like,
1: yeah, like this they might be a
2: little too much.
1: They couldn't have, yeah. like, yeah, leprechaun in the hood. I like that laugh. Sugar. Give
2: us, give, give it again. I think that was ice tea. It sounds
1: like Bob.
8: Yeah.
1: yeah. Hey, listen, that's Bob.
8: Yeah.
1: Yeah. I have a good evil laugh. I have one in uh in our song. Let me try here. It's more like diabolical though. That's pretty psychotic. Let crazy. Sounds like Bob. It does. Is that you, Bob? <laughs> Sounds like Bob. Is that you, Bob?
12: Hello, Bob. Good morning.
2: Who is that? That wasn't Bob. That's definitely not Bob. That wasn't
1: Bob. Wrong line. All right, we'll get Bob on the other side. Line two. (laughs) Um... Well, that that, uh, that thats the end of that. I was hoping it would have been a nice segue into Bob. It would have been great. You right would have said, it. "No, John Gabe, that's not me."
2: I don't sound like that.
1: I don't sound like that. If, let me hear that laugh again, the leprechaun. It really, say, if you—that's Bob. Mm-hmm. Like that's not the lady. Let's hear it again. Listen, all right, I'll stop talking. Just play it on a loop here, and everyone at home, tell me this isn't Bob laughing. <laughs> That's Bob.
12: Yep. That's great.
1: That is Bob's laugh. All right. uh, So, um, yeah, all that because it's Friday the 13th. I got, uh, we went down uh, horror horror movie row. Classic. Um, Hellraiser, really good movies,
2: actually. Oh, Pinhead was
1: great. Yeah, yeah. Like, if you want to get into, like, more deep, Mm. like, not just, like, you know, there's different type of this stuff, right? You know, Freddie is uh or Jason, you know, Freddie's more the comedy sort of teen. Yeah,
2: Jason didn't talk. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> It was all about the moment.
1: Yeah, yeah. But like Yeah, Hellraiser it's more psychological and you know, weird Lewis boxes yeah. open up and demons and you know what I mean? All right, we promise. On the other side we'll blast through every NFL football game. We'll go rapid fire, give you our quick picks, thoughts, but hey, we are here all weekend.
6: <laughs>
4: Message and data rates may apply.
3: Hi, I'm Frank Thomas, the big Hurt. After I left baseball, I just couldn't stay in shape like I used to. Turns out
7: Four hundred zero four three five eight 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 four hundred zero four three five. 435 888-400-0435, andro400.com.
1: The Exorcist dun,
10: dun, dun,
1: dun, dun, dun. I can play this on a piano It's not that
8: hard It was an excellent day for an exorcism.
1: Not bad. What is this? Uh, Just so it's not specific. It's like, is this coal chamber, though? All right. um,
3: Pretty
1: cool. All right, if you can, Brian, good job with this stuff. Look up. um, I'll get you the name of the song here. This'll, this'll wake people up in the morning. <laughs> <laughs> it's amazing these kids on YouTube, eh, Joe? Like some of these musicians.
2: Classics.
1: Like, dude, yeah. like I play guitar. Like I, I we have a record out now. It's gonna it's re-released because it's coming out again soon here, whatever. We got a bunch of shows in November coming up. Um But it's crazy, man. Like you go on YouTube. And there are literally, like, nine-year-old kids playing Ingvy Malmstein and stuff. Oh, yeah. Like, there's some mm. girl, man. Like, she's, like, 16, man.
2: And they're not even lefty.
1: Like, she, <laughs> like, this 16-year-old girl, she's in, like, uh, the Czech Republic or she's in Slovenia or something. Mm-hmm. Like, she should be, a, like, a millionaire. Supposedly, though, she said she gets offers. She goes, I have gotten record offers and deals and stuff. But she said, I'm only 14 and whatever. And, like, her parents are making, you know. So, I think she's 14. Like, it's it's beyond, like, I don't know. It's like she's an alien or. Prodigies. Yeah, somebody gave it. (laughs) Like, somebody, like, she came from another place. And she, like, she sucks up, like, whatever she sees and hears. She basically said, whatever she hears, she can play. She said, oh, I just hear things, and I can just do it. Yep. Like She can translate it. But, like, this chick plays like Beethoven. It's nuts, man. But uh, I'm going to follow, follow up on her, actually. And you know, She's, like, 17, 18. She's grown up a bit, and it's crazy. She played this shred metal, but I notice now she's, uh, she's into jazz and stuff. So, you know, whatever. But, yeah, yeah. man, there's some, so many talented people in this world that – are sitting at home and it's crazy. But I've always said, don't uh, you know? Having talent is one thing. Having no one out of market is another thing, right? Some people oh, play music so. for the love of it, but I'm just talking in business, guys. In this business and in life, and in like you know, a, a small business. If you're an entrepreneur, as as John Wooden said, don't confuse effort for achievement, mm-hmm. right? Like you can work so hard at things and not get somewhere, but sometimes working smart is better than working hard. And Anything. I really look forward to uh, Tillman Fertita. We had the Houston Rocket owner on the show last week. Also wants the Golden Nugget uh, casino chain uh, on the show. He enjoyed the interview so much, uh, he's going to join us in studio oh, uh, nice. next week. He's coming to uh, town, and uh, pretty cool. He's doing, like, the media row of, like, uh, Fox News. He's one of the richest men in America. 153rd richest man in the world. So he's doing, uh, he's doing Fox News, like CNBC, uh, Business, etc., and us, of course. Mm. And us, of course. Okay. So, uh, yeah, we look forward uh, to that. All right. Nice. Uh, so, well, let's blast through the, these, these picks uh, here. Although, I'll be back at 5 o'clock, and uh, we'll be on uh, tonight in-game live, watching the college. Um, but let's jump in here. NFL uh, football, I'll go rapid fire through each game, Joe. if you like it, say yes, no, pass, side. Mm. Feel free to pass on some. Um But uh, we'll give an opinion for every one of them. And starting now, let's go. The Baltimore Ravens laying 13 and a half to the Arizona Cardinals. Total is 46 and a half. Everyone saw Baltimore blast Miami last week. I think this number is too high. I think Arizona can backdoor this and hang around. I don't Mm want to lay 13. It's not a best bet of the week for me, but I would take the Cardinals plus 13. What do you think, Joe?
2: I'm on the total. Uh, give me the over. I think uh, Baltimore averaged about 26, 27 points at home last year. I think this is going to be a fun game to watch, and the total's in trouble. The Buffalo Bills,
1: minus one and a half at New York. I'd rather money line this, minus 120 uh, right now, total 43 and a half. Saquon Barkley's great, but the Buffalo Bills defense is great as well, and he's just one player. They're 11 players. They're going to murder Eli Manning. I'm dead serious. If you're a Giant fan, you might like this game because Eli might get hurt. And I think the Bills are going to kick the crap out of them. I think Shermer talking crap about Josh Allen is only going to make it worse. The Bills escaped last week. They didn't play well offensively. They came on in the fourth quarter. It's in the same damn stadium. I think it continues. The Giants are beaten down, and quite frankly, a bad and poor football team. Bills beat them. I know you got the future on the Giants
2: show, but you're in trouble. The uh, I think the total opened up about 45, 45 and a half. It's already been bet down to like 43. The under.
1: I'm going under yeah. 43 and a half.
2: Yeah, under is the way to go here in this game, and it's uh, it'll be a long afternoon.
1: Cal, yeah, it'll be ugly game. 28-6, mm. 22-9. Right. It's gonna be ugly. Bills, you know what? Take the over field goal prop. Take Cole Beasley over receptions too. It's three and a half again, guys. He had mm. five in the first half last week. Dallas Cowboys. Is it too much length five and a half in Washington this week?
2: Yes, it is way too much. I, uh division game, and uh, yeah, no, I'm good. I'll take uh, Washington at home to cover in this one.
1: All right, uh, ballsy, ballsy. I'm leaning Cowboys, but I liked it better when it was four, not up to five and a half. Titans yeah. and Colts. Man, this is a tough game. This is a tough game, Joe. I was on both teams last week. I tend to think the Titans, being who they are, will lose. Like, you know, they, 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 the level finds water in this. You know what I mean? No one's ever 2-0. and o. Everyone's always 8-8 eight and eight or 9-7 and seven here. I can just see both teams being 1-1 one and one after this game. But I don't love it. Man, fun game to watch. Tough game. Big game. Uh, I don't have a strong opinion on it.
2: This is one of the uh, games that I used uh, a, a bunch of teasers on Tampa Bay last night. And oh, yeah. the Colts, Colts is plus the 10, other yeah. – uh, yeah, the Colts is another one of my uh, teaser plays here. I do like uh, – I like the Colts to to cover here easily.
1: I like where you're going with that. I would live with a Colts plus 10 teaser. How about this? Colts plus 10, Vikings plus 10 against the Packers. Also, another yep. division game that will be close, low scoring. I think the teaser is perfect for that, Joe.
2: Yep, that's exactly what I got holding that card. So, I think the Vikings, too. Even straight up, I think the Vikings win this game, uh, period.
1: All right, this is going to be a little bold. Uh, you know, we got to give something. I think the Texans line was too high at nine and a half. It's down eight and a half now. I yeah, don't have a no problem bit. with Gardner Minshew. You know, I either. think the Jags defense will show up. It's a division game. They'll rally around Minshew. They won't win or lose because of him, I'll say. Mm-hmm. At a division game, I think the Jags, after last week, um, I, I think they show up and they probably lose a close one. I think Houston beat them, but. It's funny. Houston just went from being a six-and-a-half-point underdog to now a 7 85 point favorite. Come on, Joe. The spread's too high here. Give me the Jags.
2: Road team 11-4-1 against the number in the last 16, plus the Jags are 5-2-1 and one against the number in their last eight meetings in Houston. Yeah, give me the points. I'll take it all day.
1: This next one, every so-called sharp all week is telling me why the Detroit Lions are the play. I don't mm. even care who's hurt for the Chargers. I would prefer... You know, listen. I don't know, but is Mike Williams officially out yet? I know Hunter Henry is.
2: Pretty sure he is. Yep. Yeah.
1: Yes, so and now Williams. You know, probably it sucks, kinda, but still, I don't trust Matt Patricia. Matt mm-hmm. Patricia is the worst coach in the NFL. Matt Patricia is now five and twelve straight up in seventeen regular season games. Mm-hmm. You want to talk preseason? He's one and seven. He does not win football games. Chargers mm-hmm. find a way, Joe. I'm not buying the wise guy hype here. Give me the
2: Chargers. Chargers uh 5 and all against the number after an ATS loss. Uh I expect them to uh, way too much hype for Detroit. I'm also looking first half under in this game as well.
1: Real tough game Minnesota and Green Bay. I always take Minnesota in this matchup. I don't know. I didn't like what I saw from that offense last week. And quite frankly, I trust Rodgers more than Cousins. I don't know if Green Bay's back, but on their home field, they've lost a lot of these games over the last couple of years, mm-hmm. Joe. Green Bay, yeah. I think you're getting, I think two and a half coming down is a fair number on the Packers. Give me the pack.
2: Teaser play for me. I'm taking Minnesota in the six.
1: Yeah, and like we talked about the teaser, I, I totally get that. A division game, yep. guys, going to come down. It's going to be a field goal game. You come mm-hmm. down to the wire. 18 and a half, your backyard, Dolphins. What do you do if you have to bet the
2: game? I would never admit to it, but I can tell you right now, uh, I may or may not be holding a 19 ticket with Miami. (laughs)
1: Hey, don't feel bad. I'm taking a 13 (laughs) with Arizona. Um, I just can't do it. I got to pass. I'm going to pass on this game. San Francisco at Cincinnati. Back-to-back road games for the 49ers, but they didn't go back to the West Coast. They stayed in Youngstown, Ohio this week. Mm. But that's disruptive as well. And I think the players would have rather. Do you rather stay in Youngstown, Ohio for a week or go back to Frisco? Come on. Um, yes. I think the Bengals beat them. Uh,
2: it's tough taking the Bengals. And
1: I'm not betting this so game is. because I bet the Bengals yeah. under six. And remember, right. I promised that I would never bet the Bengals again, and I mean it. But I think they win.
2: Yeah. I do too, as well. I I can't back San Francisco. I, I'm just too many question marks for me.
1: The Seattle Seahawks get four at Pittsburgh. Seattle are not a good road team. Mm-mm. Getting an angry uh, Ben Roethlisberger, and Roethlisberger is a lot like Andrew Luck uh, was off of a loss, uh, Joe. Yeah, his numbers I can get it right now. I don't know if you have them, but he's he's basically dominating off an ATS loss, especially if he got murdered. Ben Roethlisberger, 8-0 straight up in his NFL career, coming off an ATS loss by more than 18 points. Mm. So basically the eight times in his career that he got embarrassed, he won and covered the next week, Ben.
2: Yes. Give me the Steelers
1: yeah. minus four.
2: Yeah, they're going to bounce back in front of their home crowd. And by the way, the Seahawks are 1-14 against the number in their last 15 road openers. Yeah. I'm good. I'll, see I'll go that, with yeah.
1: Pittsburgh. 2-12 and 12 yeah. straight up, guys. Yep. I've lost so much money betting Seattle early in the season on the road. Yep. Seattle will get better later in the year, guys. They're never good early better. in the year. They always It takes them a little while. It just is what it is with this team. It takes them a couple of weeks to get into a groove. They're not good on the road. They won't do well going into the Midwest like that, uh, into Pennsylvania. Uh, Kansas City and the Raiders, really tough one. I get the Raiders, people buying it, but I just can't do it. I just imagine having the Raiders and saying, oh, God,
2: what did I do? Is the Chiefs rack it up, you know? Anything below a double-digit spread, I'm on the Chiefs. Yeah.
1: What do you think Bears? I'm leaning Bears over the Broncos. Ugly game. Give me the under 40 and a half.
2: First half, full game, under. Unders,
1: unders, unders. Guys, you don't need to pick a side every game. Sometimes the toll is the way to go. Saints-Rams, fun one. Everyone just thinks the Saints are going to get revenge. I'm
2: taking the Rams. Yep. I like the Rams at home. Take care of business. They'll be good. They'll be fine.
1: I want to take the Falcons. I have a little voice that tells me the Falcons are going to choke and the Eagles beat them in this Mm -hmm. game. I think the Eagles are going to win. I'm starting yeah, to see yeah. Dan Quinn can't win. I think he's starting to slip this guy.
2: And I think that uh, offensive lineman there, the uh, the guard that they got, Lindstrom, I think he's gone. I think that's a big loss. Give me the Eagles in this one.
1: I like the over 52-and-a-half. Track me. Opens up Sunday Night Football.
2: Yeah. yeah that, that doesn't surprise me at all.
1: Yeah. Sunday Night Football sure. over. Monday Night Football will be here, and it's hard to cap this money game because God knows. I need to know about Mosley. I need to know about Williams. Le'Veon Bell is a go, though. We know that. But Mosley is that Freaking Mm -hmm. important. Tonight, Joe, I'm laying the three with Wake Forest, dude. That's my top college pick of the night. I'll also sprinkle on the Houston Cougars and the over of Washington State. How do I not take an over in a Mike Leach-Dana Holgerson game? I'm going over the number. But I really like Wake Forest minus the three. And I've been on the Tar Heels, Joe, but it's time to abandon ship. They're not winning three weeks in a row.
2: Give me the over in the middle game there in Kansas. You're laying 21. You're telling me there's only 50 points. Yeah, no. Give me the over. Way undervalued there. Less miles in Kansas.
1: All right. I like where you're going with that, too. I'm going to dig in more. That was a solid uh, rapid-fire NFL football talk. Fun times. We're not done. We'll be back at 5 o'clock. Programming all day here, guys. Got you covered, NFL. Back at 5 with me and Cam. Game time decisions. With bets, bets, picks, picks, picks. that you're expecting a bounce back uh, from uh, this week, that you're like, you know what, I'm going to go back uh, here uh, to this player, even though it wasn't a disappointment in week one.
14: Yeah, the one that stands out uh, most substantially to me is Nick Chubb. He's not on the main slate, um, but that, that game against the Jets will be a situation where I'll be firing at Nick Chubb again. Just the game got kind of out of hand. He had only uh, two carries that were to the running backs that weren't to him, and one was happened to be on the goal line that Dontrell Hilliard got in the end zone, um, he was involved in the passing game, so I feel pretty good about Nick Chubb. Uh, had a lot of Nick Chubb in week one. That was one of the things that really hampered most of my lineups. And then I'd say uh, on the main slate, I'd say Brandon Cooks is a guy I'm pretty yeah. interested in going yeah. back to. Uh, really good game environment going up against his former team in New Orleans. We saw that game shoot out last year. Um, it's a situation where the targets weren't really there. It was a lot of Cooper Cup, a lot of Robert Woods, but as we've seen throughout the course of, you know, Sean McVay's history in general, they run a pretty condensed offense and the opportunities are, you know, condensed between the three wide receivers uh, and then the running back position. I don't think we'll see Tyler Higby uh, scoring touchdowns uh, with the same level of frequency. So I think it's a good opportunity for Brandon cooks at low ownership, kind of like the Sammy Watkins that Deshaun Jackson plays that played off paid off big time in week one, those guys who can stretch the field, make hay in one big play, uh, that come with low ownership, I think this week that'll be Brandon Cooks.
1: How do you approach the Chargers here? And Mike Williams was someone that I thought could really break out. I thought he was going to be one of Phillip's uh, more uh – you know, uh, popular and favorite targets.
14: The Chargers. Mike Williams just got hurt early in that game and then missed a lot of playing time, so it was kind of a, a bad, uh, you know, a bad uh, luck situation there. In terms of looking at the Chargers going forward, obviously the loss of Hunter Henry and now Mike Williams, seemingly maybe more on the side of doubtful this week, opens up a lot of value and a lot of opportunity because you're going to have a lot of sets with Dontrell Inman and Travis Benjamin on the field, and those guys are priced, you know, right around the minimum. Um, the game environment isn't as good as last week, I think. Detroit, you know, both teams coming off of an overtime game, which one is one thing. Um, early in the season, a little bit of extra reps. Uh